expanding the Nerdosphere, talking about everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films, and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Pataglia. Hey, you find episode 19 of Down and Nerdy, where this week I think we kind of feel like The Walking Dead. Yeah, I mean, because I just woke up because I got home from work like three hours ago, four hours ago. And I've been up. Now, to put this in context, it's like about noon here on the East Coast, and I've been up since four. So I've been up know. since, I mean, granted, I just woke up, but I literally got home from work at like six in the morning and passed out. So I, technically I've been up since yesterday. So if you're a third shift worker, you know, I'm typically third shift. You've been doing it this week. You're getting a little taste. So yeah. we feel your pain. That's all I'm saying. I'm James Witham alongside. Nick Battaglia. And did you have a good weekend? I had a phenomenal weekend, actually. My parents were down from Syracuse, New York. Got to meet your dad finally. He's yep. a cool guy. Yeah, badass biker dude. Um, <laughs> uh, he... Uh, no, they had fun. Fourth um, of July was great. You know, I was glad that the temperature that, that didn't rain. You know, we had Hurricane, Finally, right? Hurricane Arthur the other day, but luckily it just, you know, it, it stopped raining. Went to the beach, hung out, got a new. I got my very first grill, so I feel like a man Yay. now. I feel like a man. Cook like, meat over fire. Oh, dude, my freezer is stocked full of like steak and chicken and Excellent. everything. It's Excellent. it's phenomenal. No, but I, I had it was a great weekend. Um, got some good reading in for for the new comics I picked up last week. Finally, because that's something I wasn't just able to do. It was just a busy week last week and this week. Um, but I mean, they were down there. They had a fun time. Uh, we went to dinner on you know uh, on Sunday. Um, that's like the thing you do with the parents. It know, is. when they come to town. If your parents don't live in town, you know you come to town. Let's go out to eat every night. It is. Know? It is. I mean, like I said, you know, I haven't, plus I haven't seen my parents since September with my sister's wedding. So, wow. So, you know, that's, that's, that's almost a year, <laughs> you know. Wow. <laughs> you know, about three quarters of a year um, that I haven't seen them. And, no, but like I said, it was fun. We had a bunch of laughs. And, I mean, literally, dude, the first night they were here, my dad said to me, he goes, put on a funny movie because I have Netflix. I said, okay. So I turned my PlayStation on and and I go, let's watch. You want to watch Coneheads? And he's like, sure. Nice. So me him, and my, my stepmom are watching Coneheads, and we're just laughing our asses off. You know, I can't hear Tainted Love from Soft Cell anymore without thinking of that movie now. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot, Dan Aykroyd. Oh, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally one I of the... I love it. Oh, it's literally it. one of the funniest movies. It was so... The writing was phenomenal. People was, forget Chris Farley was in that movie. Yeah. Too, which is awesome. People forget a lot. Great. People forget a lot. Drew Carey was in it. Yep. A lot of people from the SNL in like the 80s and the 70s. In it. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people. Adam Sandler was in it. He, I think he, yeah, you're he played, right. He, right. Adam Sandler was in it. He played yeah, the guy that's who right. Okay. Right. Cohen had his new identity. See, now i got to go on Netflix and watch it again because it's been too, too long since I've watched it. I but, love it. Yeah, no, they, they left Sunday morning, you know, and they got back safely. And New York right now, I mean, we just got hit with a bunch of rain yesterday, but New York just got hammered the past couple of days with rain. Yeah, we're going to get more rain here today, but I, I was so happy, too, that it didn't rain on Saturday because I was out at the Mega Nerd Garage yes. Sale for Tidewater Comic Con, so the wife and I go out there. And we kind of went, it was kind of, you know, it was kind of in the lull, so we were able to find parking, which is great, but let me tell you, man, 
It was such a phenomenal event. It made me so upset that I didn't go to the other ones. I just want to say this. Great job. I mean, we're, we're going to, throughout the show, we're going to have the interviews James did with some of the people there. I mean, Nancy Collins yes. and, and a couple other people that were yes. there. Um, phenomenal job. You and Cody were great, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I applaud you. Um, great job with the photos and everything. The photos you posted, I was like, oh my God. Like, it's just, it was a good turnout from what I, I saw. And it was excellent, really. And, and for those of you who saw the photo of the flash tattoo. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, the origin story of the flash tattoo is in one of these interviews. When we talked to Phoenix Creations, which they have some great stuff, by the way. You can check them out on Facebook at Phoenix Creations. But that will be the origin story. Of the Flash tattoo. So when you hear that that interview, is it? And Cody was involved, and Cody's kids were involved too. So that'll be the origin story of the Flash tattoo. But I mean, just everything, man. I mean, think about just DVDs, Blu-rays, comics. There were long boxes all over. Oh the yeah, place. I mean, I saw a bunch of long boxes, toys, or a bunch of figures. All oh, the figures were excellent. I actually ended up getting my hands on a couple. If I, I wish I'd have gotten there a little earlier because there was they. Had, he posted a picture of his entire collection. It's Avery and his collection. We'll hear us talk to him a little later too. Um, he had some great stuff, but I ended up. And my point was, I want to go there, and I don't want to get a Batman figure because I can go anywhere and get a Batman figure. So I ended up getting Deadshot, nice. a figure of Deadshot, and Captain Cold. From the Rogues Gallery there, so I, w- I was pretty stoked with that. I wasn't disappointed at all. Nice. And it was such a great collection. And then you know, Super Lampshades were there. Oh yeah. And we're actually going to get them to do some stuff for our nursery now because they do such phenomenal work. And you'll hear that in our interview that we did with uh, Matt and Blair, who are awesome people that do a great job. Uh, it was just a fun time to to go out there and do that. You know, we grabbed a little lunch after that and. Just reveled in uh, my dollar comics that I was able to get. Matter of fact, Mike Federale, yeah, our uh, Grand Poobah of Tidewater Comic Con, and friend of the show. He uh, he's got a comic of his own. Yeah, you told me about that. I'm like, wait a minute, Federale's got his own comic. So I'm thinking next week we dissect Federale's, Mike Federale's comic. So Mike, if you're listening, and we know you are, we're we're gonna put you under the microscope there, buddy. So uh, and I told you that on Saturday too. I told you we're gonna be doing this. So uh, just be ready for that. We're going to be honest, too. I'm going to oh, yeah. tell you that right now. We'll be honest. So Because we're not afraid of you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> now, is, is part of this retribution for what he said at the Ghostbusters event? Oh, yeah. It's total retribution. By the way, I, you saw me there, right? Actually, Mike was great. I kid, We kid around with him. But every time somebody came up that he thought we needed to talk to, he waved me over. Oh, yeah. Hell, you know, made sure they stayed there so we could talk to him. Great people like Nancy Collins, Grant Ellis, where I'm not even going to tell you what he does. I want you to hear the interview on the show, and you will be amazed at what this guy does. You know, I just want to say that, I mean, we've been at this for Mrs. Knight's episode, so almost about, what, four months, four or five months, and um, it's just amazing the people that we've had on the show. Yeah, it I really mean, is. from cosplayers to just people, you know, local people in the area who have their own nerd, geek mm-hmm. business, to Mike, to, to, you know, to Nancy Collins. Yeah. You know, it's just it's 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 amazing at the amount of people who. I mean, I think I'm not. Gonna, I'm just gonna say this. I think we were destined to do this. I'm not saying it to because of, to to pump up to pump us up or anything like that. But the way that we've been doing the show for the past almost 20 weeks is pretty much like 
Blues Brothers, we're on a mission from yeah, God. Yeah, definitely. And I think, it, I think it shows, too, in the people that listen to our show and the people that we talk to at these events. I mean, I know you experienced that when you were out at Dave and Ghostbusters and when I was at the Meganer Garage Show and I talked to a guy and his son that had been, yeah. he'd been collecting for 34, I think it was 40 years, figures. So you'll hear that interview as well. And just talking to people at Free Comic Book Day and all these things and I think the, our passion for this, all, all things nerd culture, it shows, and I agree. Well, I think that when you, you know, when you, that's the great thing about podcasting is that you can just go out on the street with a smartphone and open up your voice recorder yeah. app and just be like, hey, I have a podcast. Do you want to be interviewed for Technology this? Technology is a beautiful and thing. Ten, and at least 99% of the time, the 1% being if people are in a rush to go home or go wherever – People want to be on podcasts because they want because well, everyone right. wants to hear what they sound like. You know, everybody wants to be on a, some sort of a medium in a sense. And, and and we always want to be. And no matter how big this ever gets, we're always going to be that show that prides ourselves on being approachable and not looking down on just. I don't want to say regular people because that makes me sound like a yeah. douche. But you know what I mean. People fans. That listen, people, fans. People that listen to the show and that might be a little intimidated, thinking, "Oh, they're not going to want to talk to me." We do. We really do. Yeah. We don't care if you've been collecting action figures, and we're doing our collectibles episode this week. We're going to be talking about that for our main topic. We don't care what you love. We want to hear you talk passionately about it because that's what we do. Yeah, and the thing is too is like you know we talk about collectibles, and I'm going to try to hold back the tears when we do that. Oh, me there's too. Just, there's just so uh. many. Because last night when I got home, I, you know, I, I'm even when I was at work last night, I was you know writing my notes down and everything like that, and and I was just like. Man, I had so many great toys. Wait until you hear some of the stuff the that I had. Because we haven't discussed this yet. Wait until you hear some of the stuff that I had. It's brutal, man. It's, it's brutal. It's brutal, but we're going to move on and we're going to start off with what we're reading. That's going to come up next. So stay tuned. More Down Nerdy coming up after this interview. It's our Collectibles episode of Down Nerdy. It's James with him and Cody Green here at the Mega Nerd Garage Sale for Tidewater Comic Con. And you're selling it. Your name is Avery, correct? Yes, Avery. <laughs> All right, now, Avery, one of the reasons that I got so interested in this Mega Nerd Garage Sale in particular is I saw this giant just barrage of action figures. How did you amass this huge collection? Um, I started collecting in 2009, uh, and then uh, it just... It became like a really, uh, I would say hobby, but obsession's more accurate. <laughs> yeah, I think obsession um, works. Yeah, quite well, yeah. Uh, it ended up being about 200 figures that I was willing to sell. I, I put a lot of stuff away that I wanted to keep for myself. Plastic Man, Swamp Thing, Metal Men, Fourth World, anything wow, like that. Wow, nice. Um, but uh, yeah, about 200 figures that I was selling, and I'm down to about 40. So that's, that's exciting. Um, I started when we opened at 7, and I'm... Already, like, 160 figures are sold off. It's pretty crazy. That's uh, unbelievably insane. Now, what is that crown jewel? You said you kept about 40 for yourself. So what's the crown jewel? What's that one that you go, I need to absolutely positively keep this one? Plastic Man. Plastic Man, it was uh, the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive from uh, Mattel, I think, two or three years ago. And it's got a ton of interchangeable parts. It's got, like, stretchy arms, a spring, like, leg set. It's... uh, a fly swatter hand and like a, a ping pong hand. It's 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 great. Like definitely a figure to have. That's unbelievable. Did you get that at the con or was it like an eBay grab? I was. It was actually off of eBay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I was, can't blame you. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, no, I wasn't. Definitely not going to go all the way out there for a figure. But also the swamp thing. 
that they had a year or two ago. It's uh, pretty big and it's not very articulated, but it's it's gorgeous and it's got a really neat texture to it. So it's a good figure too. Get What's cool one. is uh, he's got three boys. I've got a son on the way, and this is a good way for me to. He's not even out of the womb yet. I already want to start his collection, you know. So if somebody wants to get started, where's a good place to start? You think? Um, I know Mattel's got a really like kind of basic line right now, but uh, it's all new 52 costumes, which I'm not really into myself. Uh, trying to think uh, collectible wise like I mean for younger kids the Imaginex lens it's insane they it have awesome yeah that kids got the uh, we have so much Imaginex stuff it's ridiculous and it's all interchangeable that's mm -hmm. what's so cool about it. we got like an aircraft here we got the Batcave we got Joker's uh, Funhouse it is so cool they they just they play with it all together it's really we got this huge castle with dragons and an ogre and yeah it, and they got a ton of DC stuff it's so amazing there. So that is Avery. He's selling his massive, well, part of yeah. his massive action figure collection. We're going to post the picture on Facebook at facebook.com slash down and nerdy. And of course, go to Tidewater Comic Con's Facebook page as well. Got a ton of great info. And this is just one of the great events that they do. We're going to be doing more interviews coming up on Down and Nerdy. So just like you, we went and picked up our weekly pulls and stuff that we want to try out. So we're going to tell you what we think of a couple of different books on what we're reading. And Nick... The Guardians of the Galaxy craze is almost out of control right now. It, well, I mean, the movie's the movie's coming out next month, August first. So, I wanted to kind of learn more about the Guardians of the Galaxy because I didn't want to go into the whole movie blind and not know a damn thing about yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy. I read a couple of books, so I think I'm pretty good on what the characters are all about. Right. So I picked up and I added to my poll actually Legendary Star Lord, which is written by Sam Humphries, who did he did Uncanny X Force, he did Avengers AI, and he did Inhumanity. And the art it's it's was I like when comic books do this where they don't just have this guy or this, per, or this girl. Artist, they have it broken up into a team on the main page. Yeah, you know, so Paco Dean, he was a penciler. He did the cover art, which was phenomenal. Uh, Juan Velasco did the inking, and David Curiel did the coloring. And quickly, the plot it centers, of course, around Peter Quill, aka Star Lord. And it starts off with Quill at the funeral of his mother. He's an orphan, and it's kind of like a back and forth kind of thing of like, okay, how did he and why has he become Star Lord and the Guardian of the Galaxy? So it's like the quick origin, yeah. At while the comic and is that's, still going on, and, and with the writing, that's the smart thing that they did in this, where they didn't spend so much time on his back history. I mean, the issue surrounds like the, this orphanage. He who, um, he steals this Mandalay gem from. When the Mandalay gem, it's nothing's known about. It. I mean, I even looked up stuff about it. The only thing that's written about the Mandalay gem is that it's made from like these the most powerful list of minerals. Okay. But there's nothing else. Okay. Um, and pretty much, you know, he fast. He's now an orphan. You fast forward to the current day. Uh, he's being captured by the Badoon after he, you know, of course. Being a thief, a bounty be placed on your head. Of course. So he gets captured, and you know it kind of goes a little bit back and forth between you know his childhood, and that's one thing I, smart wise they did with the writing is that they didn't spend too much time on his past. They just pretty much said, okay, we're gonna set this more here with a little bit of glimpses into the you know into the past but, because you have to do it. But yeah, but like I said they didn't overdo it though, which was which smart. is good. That's very good. Um, so you know, fast forward, you know, Quill escapes. And he stole the Mandalay gem. Now, the, where he got the Mandalay gem from is he stole it from the orphanage oh, wow. he was at. What the hell were they doing? But you find out. But, but you find out the reason why he stole it. It wasn't because he's a thief. It's pretty much because he says, you know, evil's coming, and I don't want people 
in this orphan, orphanage that I'm from to be hurt. He's basically taking it so they can't be hurt. He's, he's taking it because it's for the greater good. And the comic, the first issue, it ends with him being caught in mid-space flight by Captain Victoria, who is the commander of the Royal Guard. And it turns out she's his sister. Wow, interesting. It ends with him saying, wait, I, Captain Victoria of the what? Of the who? I have a sister? Like, and so it's kind of like one of those things. Um, Writing-wise, like I said, the writing of the humor in here is in there. It's great. Uh, I mean, just look at the title itself, Legendary Star-Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, you see from the trailer, Star-Lord, Peter Quill is so into himself. Mm-hmm. He's so full of vanity and everything else. So by calling this Legendary Star-Lord, I actually laughed because I'm like, Oh, this is this is this is great humor just from the cover itself, right? You know, and it's just Star Lord, you know, with his gun, and it's it's you know it's it's really great writing. Like I said it it sets up for um, what seems to be is going to be a really really good run, uh, and like I said, if you're looking to be into and get into Guardians of the Galaxy before, I mean, they also have the Guardians of the Galaxy comic book, but I like the Star Lord thing because I. I've noticed in my comic book reading, I liked more of the the universal singular character kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, now, what would be smart for Marvel to do is if maybe they did, or, or, or Gamora, uh, um, or, and a Drax, you know, one or something They do like have the Rocket Raccoon one. Does this make you want to maybe try that one now? Well, the thing about the Rocket Raccoon one, though, is that the art it doesn't look all that promising. Okay. So that's going to be... Right. Or else I would pick that's it up. That's a factor. I mean, that's, that's or, fair to me. Or else I would pick it up. Um, but uh, other than that, I mean... And like I said, the art's phenomenal. I mean, I mean, Medina and Velasco and Curiel, I mean, it's very detailed. It kind of has that... If you watch, if you read the original Sin number zero, it's very much like that. Okay, I see um, what you mean. And it's it's really, 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 really great. And it looks like it gives a good back backstory and everything. And the way we're going to do this, our our reviews from now on, is that we're going to pretty much have a we have our new rating system, and it's pull, drop, if it's bad, of course, and the one, middle one, James, which is maybe, which it's is pick up, it's yeah. pick up, which is like okay, when we say if you say pick up, it's gonna be like okay, pick up the first issue. And then if you like it, you know, go ahead and pull it in your poll. If you don't like it, of course, you can just Yeah, this would be like, you go ahead and give it a chance, but don't add it to your poll yet. Yes. That's, I mean, that's our pickup with Vane. So um, what would you say for Legendary Star Lord, bitch, just on this first Oh, I'd definitely say put it in your poll. Because the way that they're going with this, where there's a bigger threat, they don't even tell you what the bigger threat is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it even shows a human side of the Star Lord where he's not just a thief, where he's like, hey, this is the reason why. And even asks, like, why, why? Are you this person? And he says, because when I was a little child, I said, I'm going to protect the galaxy. Okay. And so it's kind of like, it's a, it's his own oath he swore to himself of why, you know, how he's going to protect the galaxy. And even if it involves, involves him stealing from people that he loves and stuff like that, it's more for like, this is the, what's best for you. You know, that's why he stole the Mandalorian from the orphanage, because he didn't want the orphanage to be attacked. But like I said, there's no showing of what the f- future threats may be. Um, of course, Thanos is the biggest antagonist in Guardian, yeah, so it might yeah. be him. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's a definite pull. It's, a, it's a something that I'm excited to read. I remember when I picked it up and I texted you, I said, hey, I picked up Legendary Star Wars. You said, why'd you do that? 
I said, well, because I want to be educated on Guardians of the Galaxy. And it wasn't like a, why'd you do that? Like, that that's going to suck. It was more like a, that's interesting. Why yeah. did you do that? Yeah. Well, text is very hard to get Well, tone, yeah, exactly. You know. I, was just, I, was, I was a little surprised, but I knew you wanted to get to know Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy a little and, more. And, so and I sense. think when you're doing, when you're, you know, the, the when you're, I'll say this before we go to your comic, James, is that when you're doing something like an Origins kind of a thing, or just when you have phrases of like how they became to be this person, the one trap you tend to, that people tend to fall into as writers is spending too much time on the past and setting that up into who they become, rather than have who they become and have all that action and let people get, you know, cause that's what people are going to re- care about. They're going to care about right. the, the present person. Don't and you can put glimpses of their childhood in there because you should be able to buy a couple panels, a couple pages of their past memories to right. get an idea of why they are who they are. So you were saying uh, with Gamora, and I was just thinking, what if they did a Gamora and Nebula comic together? That would be amazing. Which you could do because I've always been very interested in Nebula, but I would like to see both of them together. Well, there's being... also a big tie with Thanos. There. Exactly. So I think if maybe you put the maybe Gamora wouldn't carry it on her own necessarily, but you put Nebula in there, and they wouldn't always have to be together. Yeah, it could be like a you're over here, you're over here kind of thing, and just like this one, it could kind of jump back and forth, and then eventually they come together, just like they're going to do in the movie. So I think that would be a pretty cool idea. That would be a pretty amazing idea. Why not do that? I'd pick that up. But speaking of picking up, James, you picked up a number one as well. This is something that we talked about on a previous podcast, and you kind of maybe were a little bit iffy about it going into, but you were kind of intrigued at the same time. I mean, I think that, and what we're what I'm talking about is is Grayson number one, and we've talked about this a couple of different times when it was first announced, and then of course uh, I think we talked about it briefly when they had the little preview as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was intrigued enough. I was nervous, but intrigued enough to pick it up because it's written by Tim Seeley. Art by Mikel Janin, who does a fantastic job in Batman Eternal. Oh my God! Justice League Dark. Mikel Janin, I love you. I mean, he's just a fantastic artist. The cover art, though, artist, I'll be—I'm not ashamed to say I'd never heard of—is uh, Andrew Robinson, who I thought did a great job, great detail on the cover. I thought the coloring on the cover was an interesting choice. Yeah. But uh, hey, you know who am I to judge? And then Carlos, colorist, excuse me, Jeremy Cox also did a great job. Now, it kind of starts out. Think about the pilot of a spy-type TV show. Okay. That's kind of how it starts out, where you see a train, and some guy jumps on a train. You know it's Grayson. Yeah. But he's got a blonde wig on, so he's kind of in disguise, you know, and all hold. He's in a blonde wig on this whole spy thing. And basically, long story short, he ends up getting on the train, and his mark is Russian. And the Russian is being seduced by this other blonde, who turns out she's from another agency. And basically what it boils down to is they want to use this Russian guy for something, but they're not saying what for yet. Now, here's my problem right off the bat. And I don't want to get too detailed in this, but this specific thing needs to be said. Okay. There's a point where he neck pinches the Russian guy to knock him out. Right. Grayson does. Right. And what happens after that is he climbs out a window of the train with this fat guy. This is a fat guy we're talking about. Climbs out the window with a fat guy, and then he jumps off the train, does this, like, flipping jump. So he basically drops the fat guy. Yeah. And then halfway into the flip, catches him in midair and lands off this bridge safely. Now, there's no, like, propulsion, no parachute, none of that stuff. So first first of all, this guy just jumped off a bridge. I can get past that. But you're going to catch a fat guy in midair and land with a fat guy on your shoulder? 
I don't see how that works exactly. Well, I mean, when you add the physics to it, it is a comic book. I do see where you're coming from. I mean, it would be a gut punch, so what first saying, of all. What are you saying? Are you saying fat people are uncatchable? I'm just saying that this guy was pretty big, and if you're going to toss him into the air like a rag doll when you weigh about half as much as he does, he might fall a little faster than you. Well, I mean, you know, spy steroids, dude. There's just, you know. All right, all right, I'll accept that. But here's the other thing. Is, there's a very weird scene after that where he's like, where Grayson's telling this guy, I'm your friend, and friends help friends. And then there's a panel where they've got their arms around each other, and there's like soccer balls and panda bears and stuff, and it's like friendship from Mortal Kombat. So it pretty much should also be, and you hear Tenacious D's friendship song play yes. in the background. and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So they run to a nearby nuclear missile silo, and the only reason I'm going in depth on this is because it makes... There's a character, which I assume is going to be the main antagonist for the run, and he's called the Midnighter. Now, picture Batman without the ears, so kind of Space Ghost-ish for the head. Okay. But the rest of the suit, to me, was very, like, Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe. Okay. So, it wasn't bad. It was just like, a, okay, so you chopped Batman's ears off, and you put him in, like, a Moon Knight-type suit. Okay. So, basically... He, they both want the Russian guy, and there's this uh, hypno stuff that uh, that Grayson uses, and the, it's a hip, hypno implant, and that's how the Midnighter knows that he's from Spiral, which is the spy agency that he works for. You find that out if you're reading the Forever Evil run. This reminds me of, I mean, I watch Archer, I'm a big Archer fan, it's kind of like ISIS, and how they have this competition with this other spy agency. And it's kind of like going, and they go both at certain times, go after one another. And you know, it's funny, I kind of thought that's where it was going, and then I just took a left turn when this Russian guy gets up and blasts the Midnighter out of the silo. He's got this thing in his stomach, apparently. So, maybe? It's it's like a giant heart that shoots stuff. Uh, Seriously, that's what it looked like to me. So it looks like Krang with laser eyes. It's it's exactly what it looked like to me. So long story short, he ends up knocking out the Russian guy. And and there was no real fight, per se, so much as they just... He was fighting in one second, and then they go to the next page, and it's, job well done, boys, and they're in the, the headquarters. I'm thinking, okay. Now, the woman that was with him is Matron, which turns out to be Helena Bertinelli. Right. Which you know better as... As um, the Huntress. Yes. But they don't make mention of that. Now, you kind of figure, well, is there something that's going to be going on there? Mr. Minos is the name of the guy that runs Spiral, by the way. I don't want to gloss over that because that will be important here in a second. So he tells him, job well done. Grayson goes back to his living quarters. Now, this was the interesting part was that there's a clock radio in his living quarters. And it has some sort of either recorder or communicator in it. And basically he's, he's giving like a, a log of this uh, Mr. Mino guy and, and what's going on at Spiral before Bertinelli walks in and he puts it away. Now we're figuring is he communicating with Batman back in the Batcave because we know Batman sent him on this kind of double agent mission in the first place. Right. But they don't really say that. And then, you know, Bertinelli and Grayson have a little bit of a moment quote unquote. Yeah. But then she says that spiral forbids all relationships. So So that kinda quashes that, at least in the beginning. So writing wise, where you know, this is one of our rating things, writing wise, where would you rate the writing overall and You know, the writing was it was inconsistent. I'll be honest. It was very inconsistent. It, it, the way it jumped around 
It was a little corny in spots. It's almost like a, going back to the whole spy show thing. Yeah. It's almost like that spy show that you want to be good, but it's like this: the pilot's corny, so yeah. you're not sure if you want to keep watching it or not. Like the the ending was good though, because basically they show this dissection lab. And then there's also a screen there that has all the superheroes' names on it mm. and the percentage of probability of this being their secret identity. So, like, Batman and Bruce Wayne as his identity was on there. Right. And stuff like that. So that was an inter- The ending was good, but the, the meat of the sandwich was just not that great for me. Now, I will say the art, Mikhail Janin, fantastic job on the art. It was very detailed. The action sequences were very detailed. Even the eye movements from panel to panel were very fantastic. That, that's actually. what I was actually going to say when I was, when I was reviewing Star-Lord. I'm saying that the art in Star-Lord is very Janin-esque. It's very... They see that's the measuring stick now. Yes. And who knew that we were going to have an art measuring stick? I just... And the colors were good, too, by Jeremy Cox. So but it was just the writing, to me, was inconsistent. I don't know if Tim Seeley's just got too much on his plate right now. I, I wanted I think, more. I For think, something they pumped up so much, I wanted right. more. Well, I think that, also remember, this is a drastic character change in, in Dick Grayson, who he is. He's no longer Nightwing. He's no longer Rob. He's no longer a superhero. His mm-hmm. identity's out there. He's a spy. So it's 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 a total 180 of a, of a character um Development And by the way, they kind of get around the whole people knowing his identity thing because apparently they have these implants, these identity proje- protection implants yeah. that erases anybody's memory of them even meeting See, them in the first place. See, that's the thing. is I, The story to me, I mean, I haven't read it. It would have been more interesting if people knew who his identity because it could be like a born identity kind of thing where he's constantly on the run. And these people are just hunting them down. Basically, the impression I get is that this agency basically captures people and uses them for whatever they need them for. Like, they wanted this Russian guy for this weird organ that shoots stuff in him. And they took it out of him, by the way. They ended up killing the guy. They didn't tell him they killed him, but they ended up killing the guy and taking See, this, that, that, this, to me, I mean, like I, said, I haven't read it, um, so I'm not going to pass too much judgment on it. Um, but it's just from what you're telling me, it just seems like I said it is. It's all over the place, and it's going to the realm of unbelievable. And I mean, if you're, if you're doing a spy um, comic, you want you gotta have it as realistic as right. possible. Right, and I mean, you don't want your feet planted too firmly in reality because this is still again, this is still a comic, like you said. Right. But there were just certain moments, like the whole train thing. And that just weren't written. The friendship thing, it was weird. I mean, it, there were just parts of it that either didn't make sense or were just weird. You know, and the, sus- the suspension of disbelief, I believe. It, you know, you, you had to, like, yeah. you know, you have to, okay, this is a comic, this isn't realistic, but there's just certain things that have, I mean, like, as far as him throwing a guy off a train and catching him, I mean, he was an acrobat. But I can understand your point, though. Um, I mean, it would be different if you know how you do that when you see people jump out of airplanes. They yeah. want to go faster. They condense their body and yeah. put the head down and they shoot. He didn't do that. If he'd done that, maybe I could have gotten on board with a little bit but, more. <clears throat> but I think that overall, I mean, like I said, it just seems like it would have been – the fact that they – yeah, they said, hey, you know, we're going to uh, put these chips in everybody saying they won't know who you are. It's It's – it's it, it takes off I think a lot it takes away a lot of the suspense right I th- I understand why they did it but at the same time I I would have liked it to go the kind of route that you said like for example the Hulk run that I'm reading when Bruce Banner was was brain dead they corrected it by Tony Stark and the surgeon in the beginning put the extremists in his brain right and 
it's like okay, he's back to being Banner, but he all but this. Remember when you, they put extremists in his brain? It's kind of like limitless, pretty right. much. Where he now uses a hundred percent of his brain. It's like oh god, what will he know? Mm-hmm. And of course, I as I believe in. Or has led into because I haven't read it yet. I would like to start reading it. Um, Iron Man versus Hulk right. kind of thing, the original Sin arc. Um, but like I said, so it could be kind of like that, you know, like like you know, um, which that would be actually interesting too. Is that okay? His identity's out there, but these people had these chips imprinted where they gotta kill him, like they, like you know, where they're these self terminators kind of thing. It's funny too because even the Midnighter realizes when he's fighting Grace, and once he realizes he's from Spiral, he's like, "All oh, the implants. That means I'm not gonna remember your pretty face the next time I see you." So even he knows in fighting him that that's what's gonna happen. So it takes I mean, away. It takes away a lot. Like in, in closing, it, it takes away a lot of the suspense. It takes away a lot of. The, the long-running rivalry yeah. you, can, you, know, you can have between these two main yeah. spies, these main characters. If I were to guess, I'm thinking that these whole implant things are going to go kaput or they'll find a way or there'll be another agency that finds a way around it and that's how we'll get this constant battle between him and the Midnighter. But as far as what I would rate this, I would say pick it up. Judge it for yourself. Don't add it to your polls yet. I'm not going to... I'm going to keep going because, you know, I've got the three-issue rule. Just like, I, I, just like I do. And I think that that's for, for – and for the purposes of us doing this podcast, I think that's fair. I need to give it a little bit more of a fair shake. I don't blame you if you quit after this issue, but go ahead, pick it up. Let us know what you think at facebook.com slash down and nerdy, and we'll go from there. And my last thing to say about this is, is to you, the fans who are picking up a new comic book or, you know, whether it's Star-Lord or Grayson – whether you like it or not, say for you're not a big fan of it, say something, okay, I'm just going to pick it up and give, give it three issues because just like with any movie, just like with any book. TV shows, TV too. Shows, just because the pilot's bad doesn't mean it's going to be a you bad need, show. Well, you need, and you need, like, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, That's you know, a perfect the first, example. The first few, exam, the first few episodes, you know, five like episodes. The first seven episodes yeah, were duds. It was duds. slow and duds, but then it picks up. It's kind of like with Arrow. Like the first couple issue, um, episodes of Arrow, I was like, okay, it's kind of lagging a little bit. Then it picks up. I'm like, okay, I'm definitely, definitely in, you know, into it. So, I mean, yeah, just let things go. I mean, for example, like, this isn't a superhero mo- uh, show, but Mad Men. I'm marathoning Mad Men right now. Like, I, I was on a couple first couple of seasons, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's kind of slow kind of thing. Okay, whatever. And now it's picking up, and I'm like, oh, this is very interesting. I'm on... I'm on season five right now. I will use another example that's not superhero that I think people might get upset at me for using, but Seinfeld. Oh, God, yeah. Seinfeld was not out of the box super funny right away in its first season. It just wasn't. I don't care. And I love Seinfeld, but I don't care if you think that the pilot in the first few episodes were gold, Jerry, gold, and that it was great from the... It was not great from the beginning, but if you stuck with it, it turned into a fantastic... Maybe one of the best sitcoms of all time. Plus, from the concept, too, remember, it was a show about nothing, so people didn't really know, like, there's no... There's no... Where a lot of sitcoms, they have this running storyline. Seinfeld has no storyline. It's just a different situation every episode. And keep in mind, as far as comics go, it's hard to get the full picture of a story in 32 pages. And speaking of full picture, we're going to be reviewing Dracula Untold... The new trailer is out about the biopic of The Fanged One. You don't want to miss that. Stay tuned. More Down and Nerdy coming up next. Been a great time so far here at the Mega Nerd Garage Show with Down and Nerdy. James with him and Cody Green. Nerds! Gracing us with his presence today. And we just happen to run into somebody that's kind of a big deal 
It's Nancy Collins, Vampirella Extraordinaire. How are you doing today? Just fine, thank you. Beautiful so, day. <laughs> obviously, we're we're big fans of your work. Love the work on Vampirella. And you know, how'd you get into doing Vampirella? Actually, well, um, uh, she kind of fell into my lap, so to speak. We hear that a lot, actually, when it comes <laughs> to stuff like that. Um, uh, uh, I've been friends with Gail Simone for like 20 years, and. Uh, and when she took over Red Sonia from um, Dynamite, uh, she set up the Legends of Red Sonia anthology thing to uh, celebrate the 40th anniversary of right. the creation of Red Sonia. And she tapped me as one of the people to, to do a story for that. And I hadn't done anything in comics for like 15, 16 years. Um, and uh, I produced a script. Turns out the, the editorial people and publisher uh, at Dynamite were big fans of my run on Swamp Thing back in the 90s. And they asked if I'd be interested in, in doing a Red Sonja one-shot, and which I, which I was, and uh, which turned out to be Red Sonja Berserker. And then after I turned that in, they said, well, are you interested in writing anything else for us? And I said, you know. And, they, and I went and looked at what they had, and I... You know, put in, put in a request for several characters, but not Vampirella because I knew they already had somebody. Right, right. And uh, and then they came back and said, "Well, what about Vampirella?" <laughs> went, oh, okay, because we're planning on, on completely rebooting it. And I said, "Well, sure." Uh, and and it said, "Well, send us a send us a, a proposal for like six issues and 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 another outline for another." six after that and I did and they said okay we well, got the job and and uh, just when she thought she was out they pulled her <laughs> yeah. back in. How does stuff like this never fall into my lap? That's what I want to know. I know right? How come this never happens? To, well I mean it kind of does happen to us a little bit. So she fell into her lap today. Well yeah. yeah so yeah, I mean that yeah, kind of works just, out. It just depends on what your definition of falling in lap is <laughs> and, and, and how much your lap can hold. Uh, and then there's that. Well Cody's a big Swamp Thing fan. Oh yeah. So I'm you know I'm sure that he's when you, when you said that, that just totally true. I was like, oh, really? That was you? <laughs> he turned around and his eyebrows went up. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, okay. Yep, I'm, I'm the only woman that ever wrote for Swamp Thing. <laughs> How awesome is that? that? That's freaking and, cool, and man. Apparently, Incredible. I'm the first woman to write for Vampirilla. Well, I mean, it sounds like you're going to be years. the first woman to do a lot of wow. things. You said you've got another graphic novel project coming up with IDW. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's called it's Sunglasses After Dark. It's actually a, um, a completely... Uh, reconfigured reprint of the miniseries um, that was published by Glenn Danzig's Verotic Publications yeah. back in the 90s. Yep. Uh, it was like a six issue uh, and an Ashcan uh, uh, miniseries uh, that I did with uh, my friend Stan Shaw uh, and the late Marty Emond who provided covers. And um, we ended up, you know, uh, owning that artwork. You know, we own the artwork and we, you know, own the script. Obviously, it's a, it's a adaptation of my award-winning first novel, Sunglasses After Dark. Uh, another vampire-related uh, nice, work. Nice, nice, nice. And um, we, we were, we were never terribly happy with the coloring on the on the original miniseries. Uh, so we decided, since we had the rights to it. But, and there's no way we could own, you know, we could afford to buy the right the the film from from Glenn. We decided to go to um, 
try and redo it digitally, which would not have been possible, you know, until the last few years. Oh, of course yeah. not, yeah. And uh, and and digitally re-letter re it. Now, the, our biggest problem is that our original cover artist and uh, letterer had both passed on since then. Oh, wow. And uh, so Stan basically taught himself how to uh, do digital uh, editing. How crazy uh, is that? How do you teach color. yourself well, he, well, he does, well, well, he does teach, he does teach comics at the... Uh, in uh, where he lives in, in Washington State. That helps. And, yeah, that helps. and he also works for Microsoft, basically, as a graphics artist. I guess that would keep him uh, keep him uh, up to date on what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a lot more up to date on it than I am. <laughs> and and uh, but basically, he used it as an occasion to teach himself how to do this. And he did a he's done an amazing job on almost 200 pages worth of of comic art going back. And and I used the occasion to go back and and um, not exactly rewrite the comic, but to pare it down, make it a little bit more um, comics-friendly as opposed to being like an adaptation of a novel. Um, Definitely. And um, we're in the process of getting it lettered right now digitally, and uh, it looks great. It looks great. It, we have, it's scheduled for November. Uh, from uh, IDW. So right before, right after Tidewater Comic Con, then actually, yeah. which you'll be at as well. Yes. So I see you holding the Dead Man figure yeah. in your hand right now. We're doing our collectibles episode. I'm guessing you probably had a few things over the years. What's that one thing that you let go that you were? Oh, I, how did I not hang on to that? Uh, uh, let's see. Well, I had an entire run of Howard the Duck. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, that is and, crazy. And, and the Howard the Duck for President Button, and uh, the Could you Howard imagine the seeing that at a yard sale right now? Oh and, man! Uh, and uh, Howard the Duck. Take my money. And uh, Howard the and a uh, Frank and a uh, Frank Brunner, uh, Howard the Duck uh, art poster that was signed. Oh man! <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. For those of us who actually remember, oh yeah, Howard the yeah. Duck. That Nick's is probably like, what's the movie? What is Howard the Duck? Yeah. Nick's working today, so he couldn't be. Yeah, with us. Howard. Howard is not well served by George Lucas, I'm afraid. But no, no. Um, well, that you know, you could say that it was about a, a lot cute things, movie actually. for what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I enjoyed so it the had movie, the it had the, the cult following. Yes, you know? it did. It, it, yeah, like it should have been things. done by by Ralph Bakshi, a la Fritz the Cat. You know, and and it should have been animated. Yes. And it should have had should have been rated R. <laughs> but, uh, that's you know, but you know, hey, yeah, it was it was adapted into film. What fifteen years after, too late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So, and uh, but uh, yeah, that's probably one of those. If I had to go back and and uh, uh, get my mom to to. Tell my mom, yeah, don't just put that in with the other stuff when I'm, when I'm right. going to college. <laughs> well, we're going to let you get back to pawing through the awesomeness at the Mega Nerd Garage Sale. We're going to be looking for more Vampirella yep. stuff, the graphic novel that's well, going to be coming out as well. And and hopefully I'll have some more information. I just had a, 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 my Golgotham Urban Fantasy series um, optioned by Fox Studios uh, in, in collaboration with uh, Sci-Fi for uh, wow. television development. Oh, so awesome. you kind of got a lot of stuff going I got, on. I got a bit going on right now. Wow. Stop by our table. Yes, we're going to be at Tidewater Comic Con as yeah, well. I'll be there. I'll be, I'm one of the guests. We okay, would, we'll we'll we would love to talk to you again. <laughs> Nancy, thank you so much for talking to us. No problem. It's a great collaborative episode this week on Down and Nerdy.
We want you to see this new movie! Oh, dear Jesus Christ, why must you do that? I had to. I had no choice. No, you don't. You do it because you're I an asshole. I had no choice. I had no choice. Speak... Okay, so if you don't understand what James said, because other than you may have woken up from a drunken stupor, or the fact is you're still trying to piece together your ears and your hearing because you can't understand what the fuck he just said, <laughs> we are going to be reviewing this week... The trailer for Dracula Untold in this week's trailer talk, James. Is it wrong that I had no idea that this movie existed until I saw the trailer? No, and I mean, I saw the trailer. The trailer looked pretty badass. There was a lot going on in the trailer, now, too, actually. there is. Now, before we get to, to the meat of this movie and what it's about and everything else, okay, so every movie has a director, correct? Yes. Now, this is directed by Gary Shore. Guess how many projects Gary Shore... Has worked on. Okay, I'm just going to take a guess off the top of my head. I'm going to go with three. One. One? And it was a short. So this is his first full-length anything. This is his second ever project, according to IMDb. Wow, and a major motion picture? That's ballsy. That's I mean, per, I know everybody's got to start somewhere. Per IMDb, this is his second project oh, he's ever worked man, on. why? So it stars Luke Evans, Vlad Tepes, a.k.a. Vlad the Impaler. Right. Who... When you, when I remember when I was in tenth grade, we learned about Vlad the Impaler in our, our, you know, our history class. I was so fascinated by him because yeah. you, you know, okay, this guy who literally took stakes and impaled people on them, yep. and it reminded me of of the horror movie kind of found footage. I think it was back in the seventies called uh, uh, Campbell Holocaust. Yep. And there's a scene. It's on the box art where the woman is impaled. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like, wow, this guy's so fat. He's literally, I think, one of the most fascinating people in all of history. So, again, it stars Luke Evans as Vlad the Impaler, who, of course, ruled Romania from 1456 to 1462 uh, during the Ottomans' conquest of the Balkans. Now, a lot is not known about what, where, or when this is set. But, of course, it starts off with he's human. Yep. And there's a threat to him and his family. So, my guess is that... Basically, they want to drag his kids off to war is what they want to yeah, do. Yeah. They want and, to take his kids. Yeah, and again, I, I, I would believe that this has got to be during... Maybe before the conquest of the Balkans or definitely, during. Definitely, Um And my part of this is, I think I know when this might be um, centered around because, you know, he becomes Dracula. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and what I like is that, you know, there's the scene where he's lying in bed in sunlight and his skin is starting to burn. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my god, you know, his wife's like, what'd you do? But the plot, now, again, this is the origin of Dracula. And I think it could center around, like I said, the conquest of the Balkans, but this actually caught my attention. I was reading, you know, some history about it. The raids of Transylvania in 1459, and what that was about was where there were several, you know, there were some Saxon settlers that pretty much invaded and partnered up with these people who were against him. And... He had seven Saxon settlers impaled because they were allied with the Wallachian nobility. Mm-hmm. So it could be kind of around there. I think that that, that could be the, the hitting the nail right on the head there. And we talked about transformation scenes a couple of times on the show. And you kind of get a taste of the transformation scene from him becoming Dracula in this movie. When he kind of drinks the blood, you see the blood running through the stones in this cave where he actually gets to become Dracula after drinking from this chalice. 
and the, the skin starts flaking off, like you said. And it's a, it seems like it's going to be a very we're going to get a very cool, very in depth transformation. Maybe even over time, not immediately. And the fact is, too, is the way that this film is shot and it looks. I'm glad that whenever you have like a historical movie as of late. They go to 300 shooting style route. Which I hate. Which I don't so, like. I hate uh, which is like the most epic thing. It's like, yeah. no, this has a very Game of Thrones fantasy medieval route it's going. And even the, the, like, and for anybody that's a big film buff, the wide shots. Yeah. The wide shots to me were very Lord of the Rings esque too. When he's going up that mountain yeah. to get to the cave, and they kind of pan around. That to me, that's very Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings ish. It is. I mean, like I said, and I would be interested because like I said this is centers around Vlad the Impaler, so it'll be and you know also known as Dracula. So I mean, in its history, it's it's canon in history that he was known as this. Um, but it, it'd be it'd be amazing to see like. You know, where maybe they can go with these other monster films where, like, okay, Grand Dracula's based on a real dude, whether he was a vampire or not, right. remains to be, you know, a mystery. It could be debated, yeah. It could be debated. But can you imagine if they did, like, you know, I know they did, like, a the horror movie, which was I Frankenstein, but can you imagine, like, if they did some sort of, like, an origins film kind of. I could see that. Medieval ish kind of time. Go one after the other and do uh, origin stories. I think that would be a cool idea. I don't think. Uh, I have not seen I Frankenstein yet, so I can't really judge it, but from what I've heard it's from not other good. people, it's not good and it didn't really hit the mark. And it, that's my worry with this, though, because I'm not saying that I Frankenstein looked good from the trailer, right? But it looked. I was I was still interested because it's Frankenstein and I wanted to see how it was really done and it was clearly it was a different take but with this I think you're right I think that I don't feel that same danger with this because it looks like they're going to try to do a true origin story yeah and they're going to leave and he said oh it was vampires it's like yeah it's like yeah because like I said it was alluded to that he might have been a vampire we don't know he he was coined the name nicknamed Dracula, mm-hmm. you know, and so, I mean, it's based on a real person, so, it's like I said, it's going to be more about this, we don't know, it might be totally fantasy and not true kind of thing, but they're going to have some historical elements from his you life do, battles in there. You could do loosely based. Yes. You didn't have to do, you know, dead on Ball's history, you could do loosely based, work some of it in there, but still do the fantasy aspect because, let's face it, if this movie does well, no matter how it ends, they're going to do another one. So, in order to do that, I think you do have to make it not completely based in reality. Sure, you could drag it out and do it all historical, but you could really drag it out if you went more the fantasy route. Okay, so in closing, what's the one thing you're looking forward to most in this movie? What's the one thing you fear the most about this movie? The one thing I'm looking forward to the most in this movie is that moment right after he becomes Dracula. And when I say that, drinking from the chalice. I want to see not just the transformation immediately, because you know that's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be the transformation over time as he discovers these different things. Because it's not like the guy gives him a chalice and a manual saying, okay, now here's what you'll expect. Side effects may include. That's not going to happen. I want to see the transformation over time and how he deals with discovering what he's going to become. The thing I fear the most is is that it's going to be like, 
what I've heard about I, Frankenstein, and then there's going to be corny moments, and they're going to try and make this something that it's not. Don't try and work any humor into it. Don't try and work any fanboyish, oh my gosh, moments into it. Just make it what it is. Let it be true to itself, and I'm afraid that they might stray from that. The one thing I'm looking forward to in this, like with any medieval movie, is the battle scenes, especially in that last... Oh my God! Scene where he's going to running into battle against the, this army, and he just turns to a bunch of bats. Yes, which is fantastic. Um, I'm looking more. I'm, I can't wait to see what the effects look like. My big fear, though, is the fact that this is the Gary Shore's second project. It, that's got to be taken into account. I'm sorry, and, and like I, you know, Joss Whedon started somewhere. You know, Steven Spielberg started some. All these great filmmakers have started right. somewhere, but. This is a big leap, man. This is a huge leap. This would be like us going from doing this to them hiring us to bring G4 back. Yeah. I mean, that's a big leap. Not that we couldn't handle it, because we could, but that's a big that's a big leap from one to the other. Speaking of bringing things back from TV, something great from the greatest TV era ever is going to be coming to DVD finally. <laughs> and we're going to talk more. And get other stories as well. J.K. Rowling, the whole Harry Potter short story thing. Nerd News is coming up next. More Down Nerd is coming up next. Stay tuned. We're here at the Mega Nerd Garage Sale with Down and Nerdy. It's James with him and Cody Green. It's Angry a, Fat Guy's in the place. Angry Fat Guy, but he's in a good mood because there's all kinds of great stuff at the Mega That's Nerd awesome. Garage Sale. And Mike Federale pulls us aside a couple seconds ago. The Grand Poobah of Topwater <laughs> Comic Con. And he says, you've got to talk to this guy. And it's Grant Ellis, correct? Grant Ellis. Now, the first thing I said to Grant was, Grant, what is exactly that you do? I produce motion pictures and television. And I said, oh, well, that's all we need to hear. <laughs> so uh, what are some of the things that you've worked on in the past? All right. Uh, I'm mostly known for working on the TV series Alcatraz. I worked primarily... Oh, I loved that show. Thank you. It was canceled. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was so hey, bummed hey, that it was canceled. All shows are, aren't they? Ah, uh, yeah. Would it, would it make you Firefly. happy? Would it, would it make you happy if I said I had a Blu-ray copy at home right now? I, that would make me happy. See, that yeah. I'm, I'm serious. I loved like that show. that, dude. That's... I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying. It was a great show, and I, when they canceled, yeah, I'm like, damn you, Fox. That's what they do. So that was a cool... What else have you worked on? A lot of talking dog Christmas movies. I've done about three of those. <laughs> but right now I'm working on a picture that we're going to be shooting in Oregon. We're targeting for next year. Um, we're hoping to land Michael Keaton for the lead. Oh, nice. And it's a 3D suspense Bigfoot movie. So wow. Yeah. Oh, nice. Bigfoot's coming awesome. back. He's going to be bigger and badder than ever. So you think Mike, you're picturing Michael Keaton is what, the guy on the that's hunt? Right. Well, yeah, that's who we've been looking at. But uh, since a lot of the money may be foreign money, we're also looking at a lot of uh, foreign stars that would possibly sell well. Obviously. Looking at, and, and we're keeping it open, too. You know, we, we don't discriminate. We're looking at different uh, actors that are big in Asia right now. We're looking at the big Latin American stars. And we're also looking at uh, Germans. So this guy doesn't discriminate. He needs to make. No. A, he needs to I make mean, a Transformers. Latin movie. America stars. Anyone. <laughs> anyone. anyone yes. <laughs> anyone could be eaten by Bigfoot. Awesome. That's the message of this. You film. cannot see me. Bigfoot <laughs> I cannot discriminate. be seen. So but, what's something that you would? You're working on Bigfoot now. What's that one thing that you're like? I would love to do a movie about this. Ooh, that's always a tough one. The one that I've really been working on is I want to do. A documentary on comic conventions from four different perspectives. An event organizer, 
an artist, the fan that's sort of on that grail quest, they're going to the convention to get that one thing or see that one hero of theirs, like me, I just got back from a New York City special edition, and I got Kurt Busiak to sign a print. You know, he's a writer, right? but he's highly influential, and I was like, Absolutely. Kurt, I want you to sign this, and for him, he's just sort of like, whatever. I was like, well, you don't necessarily realize that you're not just the reason I started reading comics again, you're the reason I started reading again. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'd really like to do a documentary on uh, the industry. Can't you just see him following Mike around with a camera? Oh, yeah. Watching Mike freak out for like a month and a half kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, I can see that. That would Even be pretty funny. Because if you, if, you <laughs> if, if you follow Mike Federale on Facebook or anything like that, and you see some of his posts sometimes, you know, it can be a little stressful running a con. Absolutely. Oh, so we're doing our collectibles episode this week, and we're asking people, you know, what was that one thing that you had when maybe you were a kid that you look back and you're like, oh, why did I get rid of that? You know that elephant-headed He-Man figure, dude? Yes. Yes. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? I had all those. I even had Castle Grayskull, everything, and it's all gone. All gone. Mom sells it at a garage sale, and I never get to see I'd, it again. I'd pull open my phone, but I won't. But a, a gent, he's actually works for NECA Toys, David Silva, has every Masters of the Universe figure, oh and Castle Grayskull, and the, wow. the bone carrying set, except one figure, and we're trying to figure out which which figures isn't it but uh, <laughs> yeah we went we went to we stayed at his apartment for the last convention and uh it's just decked out decked out after the interview i'll show you guys some of the good well what's great is that pop man's gonna be at tidewater comic-con he does the art for the he-man comics nice. now i just picked up number one last week bob had it at fantasy escape comics and cards grabbed number one so of course i'm gonna get him to sign it but it, it's a great comic i mean to bring he-man back to the forefront again, really? I think it's, it's, it's awesome. I'll pick that up. He has the power. Yes, he does. <laughs> so, Grant Ellis, we're going to be looking for that Bigfoot movie coming out. And once it gets closer, we definitely want to talk to you again now. I got a lot of hairy family in Oregon, so, I mean, yeah. Well, you know, what kind, we of, what kind of hairy guys? Nick's more of the hairless guy? Yeah, well, no, no, Nick's pretty hairy guy. Is he really? Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't seen him with his shirt yeah, off. You know, his so. chest hair all sticks That's out. That's probably his a good thing. Yeah. But as far as <laughs> comics go, if you want, we actually write and produce a weekly web comic at rcscomic.com that's uh, drawn and written by Sam and Sarah Ellis. And uh, I'm a weekly contributor with a number of articles. So gets updated every week. Awesome. Give us that website one more time rcscomic.com. There you go. That's all you need to know. And thanks for talking to us. We'll be coming back with more interviews, our collectibles episode on Down and Nerdy. Well, it's that time, boys and girls, nerds and nerdettes alike, to take a trip around the interwebs because it's time for what, James, that segment we like to call Nerd News. And this week, James, we alluded to it at the end of Trailer Talk. This is something I know as a DC person oh you have waited for for many, many years and decades and your entire life. I'm just saying that when I heard that the Adam West... And Burt Ward Batman series was finally coming to Blu-ray and DVD. I just jumped right out of my friggin' bat seat and just hit the ceiling. When Conan O'Brien <laughs> tweeted out the picture of him and the classic Batmobile and made the announcement on Twitter, which is funny that they did it that way, but I don't care how they did it. The fact that the court battle between Warner Brothers and Fox is finally done. Actually, it was done in 2012, but I digress. It's coming. <laughs> it's That's coming. all that matters. And, I mean, 
It was one of those things where, like, yeah, it was. It wasn't a good show, but it was one of those entertaining shows you just want to watch. It was campy. It was fun, and sometimes you need that in your life. Oh, well, I mean, between the bat dance and the big giant bomb that he's yeah pick up and putting yeah. somewhere. Oh, that's hoosie. Yeah, and the surfboard. Let's not forget about the yep. surfboard. He's surfing with Joker. Yeah, yeah. Let's not forget about that. But I mean, the old ba- Adam West Batman. My dad and I, um, when I bought back in 2012. The Dark Knight trilogy on Blu-ray. One of the special features. It was like an hour and a half, almost two hour special or, or bonus feature on the history of the Batmobile. Yeah, and they went through the entire from the Adam West all the way to the Tumblr, you know, and it, all the Batmobiles. And my, I asked my dad, I go, Daddy, which Batmobile is your favorite? And he goes. The Adam West one. And I would say the same thing, which is funny. I mean, I know I kind of waffled a little bit when we talked about this in our first episode, but if I really sit down and think about it, if I came home and the Adam West Batman Batmobile was sitting in my driveway, I would freak out. I would oh, absolutely definitely. freak out. Well, like I said, like if I had to drive any Batmobile, it would be, of course, the um, Michael Keaton. Well, the Dave and Buster's game. Of yes! Where you can pick whatever Batman. What do you think I did last time I was I, Dave and Buster's? I sp- People, if you go to Dave and Buster's, what they have now, they have two different games. There's a Transformers game, which is pretty fun. You can shoot stuff. But then they have this Batman game. And it's not a racing game. It's You get to choose. They have all the Batmobiles from the Adam West one all the way to the Dark Knight. And you can choose whatever one you want. I spent almost all my credits... It was fantastic. Picking every single Batmobile, yeah. of course, except for the Batman and Rob one, because that movie is still a piece of shit. I will not ex- you know, notice that it exists. I understand. But... I mean, just and you get to like go on missions, and you're supposed to drive. It's a drive and shoot game, yeah. pretty much. And I'll be honest, when I was uh, when I was Fourth of July weekend, um, the wife fell asleep because you know she's pregnant and she falls asleep pretty easily. So I'm, oh, I think your wife's gonna kick your ass from here. Well, she she falls asleep. She could fall asleep in, in, in a concert. She can fall. She can nap anywhere. I, I has she ever? Okay, now you got you. You've drives my me interest. crazy that she can do that. You piqued my interest. Has she ever done that? Where she's fallen asleep at a concert before? Not at a concert. She's fallen asleep at movies before, though. Loud well, movies. Wow. Loud ones. Not like I'm not talking like you know The Notebook or something. I'm talking like a, like a Transformers type where there's shit blowing up everywhere. <laughs> she can fall asleep, and it drives me crazy. But that's gonna come in handy when the baby's born. <laughs> it will come in handy when the baby's born. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that I was flipping through channels because you know I've got a pretty nice TV package at home, and of all the channels, I flipped by the IFC channel. Yeah. Oh and yes. What do I see? Marathon. The cartoon of Robin and Batman shaking hands. I'm like, wait a second. Why the hell didn't I know about this before? So they're showing the reruns on IFC now. Adam West and Burt Ward confirmed will be at Comic Con yep. this year, so that's when they're going to get the big reveal. Here's, here's the, all the information. Now, it's being released on DVD and Blu ray, Prince like that, as James had almost half a century, or, or in this case, half of James's life, or actually, you know what? No, about three quarters all of, all of his life. All of my life. Um, all 120 episodes of the series are included in the collection, plus several bonus features. That have been fully remastered really in high depth. That, really hoping for that digital copy, too. i got to have the digital as copy. As James just said, they're going to be at Comic-Con. Uh, Warner Brothers is going to be holding a panel centered on the series with Adam West, Burt Ward, Julian Newmar in attendance. That's going to be uh, on July 24th It's from 6 to 7 p.m. in Hall H, which is a bitch to yeah. go through. The yeah. stories of Hall H... So that's where all the shit goes down. All the big major stuff, that's at Hall H. And 
it's a freaking madhouse. It's going to be great. But this is the right time to do it. Think about it. You've got the Batman 66 comic that's come out. You've got the Batman Green Hornet crossover. Not with only Kevin that, Smith. but you remember a few weeks ago they had the collectors. Like, like This was the 75th anniversary of all the Batman mm-hmm. figures you can buy. So and plus it's seventy five years, so it's like this is a perfect, perfect timing. Plus, if you've got a nice chunk of change laying around, and you want to get they've got these statues from Hot Toys, which are fantastic. It looks exactly like Adam West, and it's the best statue I think I've ever seen from from that show. And they've actually got a ton of great ones. If you want to just Google Hot Toys. Batman, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. I mean, so again, I'm gonna pick it up definitely because I'm just like I, I want I even this said, now. Give them all. I, I want take all my money. That I don't even care what it costs. I have a child on the way. I, I will do whatever I have to do. This will be in my possession. And they're talking about maybe Black Friday. That's really? the rumor for the release, either at or around Black Friday. Probably they'll probably confirm that at Comic Con, but my sources tell me that it will be around Black it's, Friday, it, if not on. Something Black tells Friday. me, or and what also because it might be it'll be like probably two hundred dollars or something like that. Amazon when the Bond Fifty came out, it was they had special like you can buy it for like sixty seventy bucks, which I would. It was do. one of those things where you never. It was one of things, but it was one of those things where you didn't know about. Like, it was like one of those things where you had to be on the right, site. Right. Right. I. Think they might do something with this? Like, hey, you oh, can buy this for seventy. I'm not even bucks. gonna lie. I've been going to Amazon every day, waiting, waiting for this to be you're posted like, up. You're like, you're, you're like, it's like you're a mono flowers, and you just got pilgrims sitting in front of the door waiting for the, yeah. for the delivery. My my wife already knows that. I don't even care what this costs. I'm gonna pre-order it when it comes. Right when that right when that button comes live, I'm on there. I don't care what it costs. But going to another story is another big story. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. I've read all the books. I've seen all the movies. Um, actually, the Sorcerer Harry Potter Sorcerer's Stone was actually the first time where I've read the book the first first because it was they had all four at the time. It was like a, the four books, first right. four books, and they had them all here. Here's a you know you can get them like in a box set. It's like a box set, yeah. you know. But it was just the books, and I'm like, oh, I want this. And I was like, you're gonna read them? I'm like, yes. So I read them all, and. Sorcerer's Stone was the first movie where I read the book. And then I'm like, I read, saw the movie. I'm like, well, wait a minute, this. This is missing. From what this happened movie. to this? Thing? What happened to this? Um, so, before we get to this, now Harry Potter, of course, he returns in a short story. Before we get to this, though, I want to make it clear that we have not read the story. Now, here's the thing: I and James can validate this. I tried. You did you reading really the story. I tried clicking on the link. I went to Pottermore.com, where the story is, and I clicked the link. The link is not working. I even signed up for an account. The link still does not work. So the people at Power, please fix that. Because this is a live airing of grievances. Yes. <laughs> yes, in many ways. By the way, this is my favorite Seinfeld episode. Quick quick tangent. My friends and I from college, um, before they moved and everything, that we celebrated uh, Festivus. Festivus. A colleague of mine at, at, at my day job. And I always goof around about Festivus every year. Oh, we had the, we had the year. poll and everything. So Josh, Dan, you listening out there, Isaac, you know, it was like we always had like you know it was ten, twelve of us. I can see the feats of strength right now. Oh, we did. Sure. It was it was Josh and. Of course, you might have been a little bit, you know. It, yeah, we were kind of a little a little drunk. You know, if they if they if they go if they go right on you, then you're in trouble. I'm, I'm screwed. It's like basketball, man. I can only go left. <laughs> exactly. But um, no crossover there. No, literally. Um, <laughs> so 
J.K. Rowling posted a short story on the Pottermore site, which takes a peek at a 34-year-old Harry Potter. Now, remind you from what the article that we originally got this from said, it's not based on Harry Potter. It's just the fact that Harry, Harry, Hermione, Ginny, and Ron are at this 2014 World Cup of Quidditch, which is the World Cup for FIFA. Yeah, there you go. So, nice little tie-in there. Um, but it's a 1,500-word story, which is seen through the perspective of Rita Skeeter, who is, of course, the gossip writer for the Daily Prophet. And... This gives more of a physical look and more talk about like, what they look like. They're more talking about in the passing. Like, oh, Harry Potter's here with his kind of silver yet still boyish black hair mm. and whatever. And then she talks about, like, Ron. Like, well, Ron's not aging well. Ron looks like a piece of shit mm. kind of thing, you know. Um, but that's pretty much what it is. It's more of like, hey, here's the World Cup and here's who's here. It's not like, oh, this is a new adventure with Harry Potter. Like, you know, his daughter's... First pregnancy, kind of thing. Now, I'm not a fan. I'm not a big fan of Harry Potter. I don't hate it, but I, I didn't just. I didn't go past the first the first film because I just. I just wasn't a fan. I don't hate it. I just wasn't a fan. But now I understand that in the last movie, didn't they show an older Harry Potter alongside everybody else? And um, kind of waving by with older, their kids by and, older, you mean Daniel Radcliffe and everyone else in. Supposed old person makeup, but they st- looked horrible. They didn't look. I'd old. have to take your word if for it. On that, if, if you're gonna make do that, have an older, like actual older actor cast play somebody them. else. Yeah, like they don't would do... don't say, "Hey, Daniel Radcliffe, come here. Let's put some, a gray wig on you and some like powder to make you look a little bit older." It's not like to try and go the other way where you'd stick Christian Bale in a little spinny hat and try and make him young Bruce Wayne or something. Yeah, it's just it's it's yeah. Cast. I mean, that, for a small that scene, was my. That, I mean, I love, I love the movie series. Um, you know, books I think are better, but um, as far as that goes, yeah, it was my only main gripe. For, for the a last small movie. scene like that, it wouldn't cost that much money to cast an old guy and, a, and an old woman and another old guy to wave at some kids. I'm just, I don't understand why he wouldn't do that. But so that here's more about the physical look and just stuff like that. And in 2013, now it was announced that the author J.K. Rowling would be making her screenwriting debut with a movie centered around one of Potter's textbooks, which is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and the adventures of its author, Newt Scam- uh, Scamander. So that's going to be pretty much be a movie. J.K. Rowling, um, she also had a couple books she wrote, or she wrote The Cuckoo's Kuk- uh, Calling, um, right. Under a surname, actually, because right. she didn't want people to be like, They're okay. They're like suspense books, weren't they, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I actually, the girl I was seeing at the time, I got her this book, and she loved it. Okay. Alright. Um, but I'm still single, Blady, so, so don't worry. This, yes. is, this, is, this is a year you ago. Let him know. You want to let you know he's still out there. Come on. <laughs> what is it going to take, ladies? Come on. I don't know. Maybe Comic Con something will happen. I don't know. But, anyways. I'm, I'm thinking that, uh, like, Nerd Bachelor auction. Mike Federale, Nerd Bachelor Auction at Tyler Comic Con. <laughs> this guy is available. I'm just saying. Just saying, ladies. Okay, so have... enough about my single life because it's depressing and sad and <laughs> I want to go cry over my grill. Um, but I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding about that. But no, I th- I'm interested in the whole Harry Potter thing. I mean, it's like I said, it's not centered around him. So this isn't something you think is going to lead into another no. movie or anything like that? No, like I said, they're, they're doing the whole... We're going to stay within the realm because we're doing the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them movie. And she's writing the script for it still, I believe. Um, but at the meantime... Uh, it's like a fun little nod. It's a fun little nod, to the fans. yeah. yeah. Uh, that's it's, it's fan I service. Can see that. Why it's, not? It's, it's a 1,500 word piece of fan service. Why not? So, I mean, 
I know you didn't say you didn't really read the books, but as a Harry Potter fan, I would love to be able to read the article, but the link is broken, so please well, fix that. I'll be honest, if it was something that I was super into, then... Oh, I yeah! Would, like if somebody, like if uh, Robert Zemeckis came out and said, oh, by the way, here's a what happened to everybody from Back to the Future after Doc Brown took off in the in the locomotive. Yeah, I'd be like, I want to read this now. I don't care what I have to do. So if it was something like that, yeah, I'd be all over it. Exactly. Something that we're all over too is the death of Captain America, or or what's coming, which is the death of Captain America. The quote unquote death, because we figure that's what's coming. But Avengers number thirty five. Now this was teased a couple months ago. Now we're asked, well, why are we talking about it now? Well, new information has kind of come out, mm-hmm. um, and the uh, Avengers number thirty five arc, which is about called Time Runs Out, which is a storyline that sees both Avengers and new Avengers. Jump forward eight months as a threat to the world um, looms, which is pretty much you know, Thanos and stuff like that. And now here's the lineup. Now in, in, this includes Havoc or possibly Iron Man. Um, this is all on the cover, so this is like the, le- the front cover pretty much leaks who the new Captain America likely will be. Yes. Um, a younger version of Thor carrying his axe, uh, Jarnborn rather than Mjolnir, uh, and. A new Captain America, and I don't say who it is, but a new Captain America, Hulk, and a frail cane-wielding man. Now, I'm saying they could be either Dr. Donald Blake or the powered Steve Rogers. I'm going with the latter of the two. Yeah, because we know that he was drained of the super soldier serum, so what happens after that? Well, he's apparently going to start rapidly aging, which which would ultimately lead to his death. Now, they're saying that in this run that he in his mind still wants to be Captain America but you know you know the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak as yes. they say and you you know you can't be a frail old man and be Captain America so somebody has to take over the mantle and judging by the goggles and the haircut it's Falcon yeah Falcon's going to be the new Captain America now Marvel teased this earlier in the week uh, who's going to be the new Captain America? And, you know, they've got, you know, the blank photo with all the other Avengers around him and then a blank Captain America in a pose, so they're getting ready for this big reveal. Unfortunately, you already released the cover for Avengers 35, so we already kind of know. I mean, and I say we know. We know within a reasonable probability yeah. it's going to be foul. Because they had the same ruby goggles. The man is African-American descent. Yes. Has the same haircut. And it makes sense because look at the Winter Soldier and the success it had in theaters. And the success people, the fans, had towards Anthony Mackie's Falcon. Yeah, that's exactly why this is happening. It makes total sense as to why this is happening. Mm. And also, you mentioned this, James, via text the other day. This is the second major character in just a few months and Marvel's killing off, Wolverine being the other. And that's the that's the danger to me. And I, I've said many times on this show that Marvel seems to be ignoring its comics to a certain degree. Now I know like you said, Star-Lord was very good right. and Original Sin did redeem itself but at the same time it's like they're so busy making feature films that they're not focusing on their comics and I just, to me it's very risky to kill off Two people that you could arguably put on your superhero Mount Rushmore if you want to go back and listen to that episode of the show. I think it was episode four. Yeah. Listen to the superhero Mount Rushmore. Think about who you'd put on. It, they don't, those two would definitely be on the Marvel Mount Rushmore. So you're going to chop two heads off your Mount Rushmore around the same time? To me, that's pretty risky. Yeah, I mean, it's just... And I understand you want to give more light to the characters. I mean, remember, at the time when Iron Man... 
movie. The movie came out. Iron Man was like a, seen as a tier two, tier three. Oh, character. easily, if if not tier three, yeah. You know, so I mean, they want to say, hey, we want to expand our universe. We want to get these guys in more of the forefront. I would actually see a Falcon comic book, actually. Yeah, why not do that first? I mean, I, I could say, let's say they put out a Falcon comic and it was hugely successful. Let's say it was way more successful than they expected. Then maybe you think about doing something like this. And I realize Anthony Mackie was fantastic as Falcon. He yeah. really was. I thought he did a great job. And I think that really did something for the popularity of, again, a at best tier two character. Here's my problem. What happened when Bucky took over as Captain America? What ultimately happened? Bad things. Civil War. Yes. So you mean to tell me that they're just going to buy Falcon as Captain America when they didn't buy Bucky as Captain America? I don't see how this doesn't lead to something like that again. And I, do you even do you go that well, far again, really? But then again, Falcon was never... The Winter Soldier. He was never evil. I get that. So it'd be totally understand more, I think it'd be, I don't think it's going to be a Civil War part due, but it's going to... But, I mean, I can understand. You're also looking at this... Captain America's always kind of been seen as the de facto leader of the Avengers. Of course. He's the guy that kind of rallies the troops. He brings them together because he's the general, right? Now, right. Falcon's got military training. I get that. But if you're going to tell me that they're just going to sit down and be like, oh, so Falcon's the new Captain America. I'm okay with that. I don't see that happening. I just don't. I mean, it's interesting to Maybe see. Maybe not from certain characters, anyway. Certain characters might go along I with mean, it. I mean, again, it hasn't been released that he's going to be a Captain America. However, as the story I just you know quoted, pretty much said, in the line, it's a new Captain America, it looks a hell of a lot like Falcon. And I want to dispel this right now, because I've seen this going through the interwebs, and this is stupid to me. Yeah. People are already saying, well, does this mean Anthony Mackie's going to take over for Chris Evans? No, no, no. Sebastian Stan did not sign on a nine-picture deal to take to not take over as Captain America. Yes, you're not going to be the Winter Soldier for nine pictures. And just like Cody said on last week's show, they're going to do a Civil War movie, which is going to be tough because they can't know the rights to X Men or whatever. Even if they don't do Civil War, and now maybe in like 2028, which is you know they keep planning these movies out so far in advance. At some point, maybe Falcon does become Captain America when Sebastian Stan exhausts his nine picture deal. I'm not saying it'll never happen, but you know Anthony Mackie's going to get older too. So yeah. you, know, you can't just okay. Well, let's just hand this to him in 15 years. No, you can't. You can't necessarily just do that. So I just think it, they're not going to go that route. I think it's very interesting that they've decided to basically. Kill, I'm assuming Rogers is going to die. Yeah. So I mean, it's almost like you're point. You're you're almost to point of no return now. You kill him. Now what? You can't just bring him back if this doesn't work. An out. interesting arc for a comic, and this is actually something I saw of last night. Killing off Wolverine, killing off Captain America. What if they fought demons in like another realm? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what if like? Oh, I'd be okay with if, that. What yeah. if they were like, "Hey, we're both dead. Let's team up and kind of fight off maybe villains that we've killed." Almost like kind of like haunting things. Almost like going into the Phantom Zone. Yeah. For Superman DC, that would be in. See, I would, I would buy that. I would buy the I shit. I would pick out of that, that up like Justice League Dark. Meets the Phantom Zone. Yeah. But for Marvel, we're using Wolverine and Captain America. That By the way, would be interesting. Marvel, copyright, boilerplate, boilerplate. Yes. Copyright, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, hey, if Marvel takes the idea, I can say, hey, um, 
I yes, you're the guy. I'm the guy right there. That guy right here. Um, but so, speaking of buying things, speaking of buying things, now this is our collectibles episode, so I fin- figured it'd be great to finish off nerd news with a bit of a collectibles story. This is one hell of a collectible. Now, I love my grandmother, my nana, who as I call her, because you know, being Italian, that's what you called your grandmother. Of course, of course. Um, bought me a lot of good, cool things. My mostly gave me money and stuff like that. Awesome. But you know, as I mentioned before, I'm single and don't have a girlfriend. But this guy, Kesuki999, he's from Japan. Well done, by the way. Yes. Good job. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. A lot of people I've talked to were like, dude, you actually, when it comes to names and spelling names, like, you're really amazing at insaying them. You're so, a name savant. I mean, I am a name savant. Um, so anyway, Kesuki999 posted a picture on a gaming discussion board called NeoGAF um, of an arcade he inherited... Which is a two-floor arcade from his girlfriend's grandmother. That's pretty amazing, actually. How that even happens, I don't know. And where was this found? In an abandoned building in Japan. And what's great is they go in there and there's 55 arcade cabinets. Yes! Which, which were mostly Aero City with some Sega card units. Now, Aero City was actually released in 1988 in Japan. They had 26-inch monitors. Yep. They're kind of a white-ish Cabinet, yep. so that's if you haven't One, seen the pictures yet, that's kind of what you're looking at. And in, in, in speaking of great Japanese games in the 80s, um, if you had a Dreamcast or even an Xbox and you played almost you know, you played Shenmue, which I had, mm-hmm. it was, and it was I loved that game Shenmue. Um, great story, great everything. Actually, I think partly kind of invented the quick time parts and action Very well games, have, yeah. Um, one of the things you can go into an old arcade or an arcade because it's set in the 80s. And play these old retro games mm-hmm. from Neo Geo, which is great. But like I said, the games include uh, Donkey Kong, Metal Slug X, Super Puzzle Fighters 2 X, Street Fighter 2, Championship Edition, Street Fighter Alpha 2, Zero 2, Tetris, and a ton, ton more. There was also a tabletop unit there called King Derby. Yes! Which, I mean, that's what, one of my dreams, or I should say bucket list things, is, and I've told my wife I'm going to do this, and she thinks it's a cool idea. I want to make a tabletop gaming cabinet. I mean, get an old TV, stick it in there, and use like my old Nintendo console that I yeah. still have in Super Nintendo, and put those in there and make my own tabletop gaming unit. Yeah, I think that would be. I've always loved the tabletop. One of my bucket list items is to own a pinball machine. And I know yes. which one, I know which one too. I want the Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park Thank pinball you. machine. The Simpsons I'll, one was good too. So I want to. I want. To, I want. There's two of them. I want a Jurassic Park pinball machine. I want what's called it was called Funland. Okay, I'm it was it was I a show. When I was a little kid, Chuck E. Cheese. I would go all the time with my mom, and I played the shit. Out of, it was called Funland, I believe, um, or Funhouse, Funhouse, and it's pretty much a dummy takes over this Funhouse, and it's got, it's got this head huh, thing. And okay. the entire time you're playing this pinball machine game, he's it's fucking talking, and the eyes are moving. That's like, creepy, it's, and it's it's amazing. It's it's, it's very, very eerie. So this isn't a Chuck E. Cheese of Christ of all places. Well, I mean, why not? Why but not? the course, Jurassic Park when you're dead of, on. Oh on that. God, yeah, dead man. on the whole. I mean, that's I, the best I love, one easily. I mean, going on a tangent, I love the pinball machines where you had that one big model that like grabbed the pinball. Oh yeah, and Adam's family was thing coming out of the box and grabbing the pinball. Mm-hmm. You know, Jurassic Park had the dinosaur. Yep. You know, I love that. I love pinball machines. That's so much. That's the one to get right there. But 
Uh, and he's selling, what's cool about, you know, Kisuki is that he's selling them off. And he's even willing to ship them to the U.S. That's going to be some hefty shipping, though. Think yeah. about that. But, I mean, the, the Aero City cabinets, even just the cabinets themselves, are How just... How much money do those things are worth? Oh, jeez. That would that, be tough because the thing, is, the thing is too is that the article didn't say how much his, the grandmother, his girlfriend's grandmother, paid for the building. So can you imagine? And when did she buy the building? That would factor in too. So I mean, if she bought it in Japan in like the '60s, I mean, it would have obviously been less. I would think no. I would think more. This is recent, or or or, or, or maybe who knows? Maybe. Um, she did buy it years ago, and I mean, she's an older woman, so she could have bought it or, or even inherited it herself. And but the fact is that he inherited from her, so something tells me maybe it was like a will thing. Where it like must he have was been with his girlfriend for a There's, long time. That's separation, though. I mean, you're talking a guy's girlfriend's grandmother gives him. That's you. You got to be loved by the family. If oh, you're yes. not even married yet, and in Japan. Yeah. Not married yet, and you give something to the boyfriend in Japan? Oh, yeah. Think about that for a second. That makes it, it's not just like here in the U.S. Where, you know, people, you know, there's people that get together and they don't necessarily get married. It's like a common law type thing. Yeah. And the families can love that that person. But, you know, in Japan, they kind of want you to be married. So. Yeah. So, but, I mean, that's that's going to do it for this week's edition of Nerd News. Uh, great stories this week. I mean, we hope you enjoyed them. But coming up next... And we're going to try to hold back the tears. Oh, we're going to try not play Enya Ugh. during this next segment. Our I'm main topic. Now. Our main topic: collectibles. What we wish we had. What we wish we just never let go of. And in my case, what I wish I'd never let my mother force me to sell off. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. This sad, sad conclusion to Down Nerdy is coming up next. We're having a blast talking about collectibles here at the Mega Nerd Garage Sale with Dan and Nerdy. I just grabbed a Captain Cold and Deadshot figure for I, my son's room. I grabbed the Deadly Foes of Spider-Man number one, Green Arrow number two, and Guardians of the Galaxy number 32. Just It just looks awesome. And speaking of somebody that has a <laughs> stack of stuff that he's walking away with, we're talking to John and his son, Caleb. How are you guys doing today? Great, great. How are you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. It's a beautiful day. For the Perfect. Mega Nerd Garage Show for Topwater Comic Con. We're basically talking about our collectibles episode. And Cody was chatting with you a couple minutes ago. He says, you've got a pretty awesome collection right now. Yeah, absolutely. I've been collecting for about 40 years. And uh, Caleb got into it when he found the JLU cartoon. I grew up a Marvel guy. All I had was, pretty much I have all the Marvel Silver Age to about 1998, I guess is what wow. I collected. But he got me into DC because that was his thing. So I was like, great, I got you all these. You have a good son. Yes. He, he loves... <laughs> uh, you're just feeding into James now. <laughs> loves the, he loves the Flash. Got me into reading it. So actually, the modern books, we read DC. We really don't read any Marvel. Modern. Wow. But we've got, we've got all of it. See, I, I, do read, I do read some Marvel. <laughs> Give me credit for that. But uh, as far as collectibles go, you probably got a lot of that stuff, too. So what's that one thing, especially you've been collecting for 40 years? What's the one thing that somebody somebody sold off or you sold off that you're like, why did I not keep this? I can tell you a, a good story for this one. Um, my favorite growing up was Captain America comics from the 1940s. And when I bought a house and we got married to Mindy, my wife, uh, we I sold, I had 38 of the 78 at the time, and I sold them all, except for the number one. Ooh. I kept the number one, which, thank God. Cody just dropped to his knees. Just oh, now. So, <laughs> so, so now we're kind of settled in on the house. We've been there for about 10 years, so I went back and I've been buying them. I got 70 of the 78. 
of the series now. Wow. See, that's what I'm doing because I had a lot of figures when I was younger. Yeah. Mom sold them off at the garage sale when we moved from New Hampshire to Virginia Beach. And now that I'm having a son, I'm starting now. He hasn't even popped out of the womb yet. And I'm already trying to recover a lot of stuff that I didn't have before. Congrats. I it, need Mindy to talk to my wife about being able to buy all that stuff. That's just... <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Awesome. Let's is. do Mindy's that. Awesome. Mindy is awesome. <laughs> My wife is awesome too. Don't get me wrong. All of our wives are awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Mindy's thing is Nightmare Before Christmas and Sally, so she's got My her. My cousin is all up in that. He's got a little little guy now too, and he's all up in that. Oh, so, what's the crown jewel in your collection now, though? Other than the Captain America. Other that's than the Captain darn America. Good. Well, Star Wars wise, I have the vintage Star Wars and Empire series on the card, but it's the AT-AT in the box. I grew up just loving the AT-AT Walker, mm -hmm. so I got one of those, and it, you know, I always try to find ones that still work, so this one still works if you take it out of the box, put the batteries in it. Oh my God. I love the thing. That I, I treated it like my pet when I was growing up. Absolutely, you know? yeah. So, so yeah. So I've that's still got all it. my original Star Wars figures. Those I kept. Awesome. I those sold I kept. I and I've, I've got my uh, Darth Vader carrying case. The head, and yes. The yep. head, yep. yeah. Now, yep. the head's not in great shape, but That's I okay. do still have it. Yeah, one of the few things I do have from when I was younger, I still have the box case, which is kind of funny, but it's the boxed one where there, it says Star Wars on it. I don't know if you... Yeah, no, I remember that one, too. Yeah, I remember that one. I've got that one in the closet. So, so we've got to ask you, Caleb, you've just, you know, you're kind of starting your collection. Your dad's got a good head start on you, of course. So what is it that is, what's your favorite in your collection? Head start. Um. <laughs> That's, That's Caleb's we're, we're looking at a picture of Caleb's collection right now, and it's pretty epic. So, what's your favorite in the collection? Um, probably my 1960s Flash board game. Oh my, my gosh! He's got a 1960s Flash board game. That's incredible. How did you guys get your hands on that? eBay. Everybody's saying eBay. We got it on eBay. We're getting a lot of eBay. Nothing. Yeah. We'll, we'll tell them about the Superboy and Crypto board games. That's got a much cooler story. <laughs> um... We have the one that went with it. That was a Superboy and Crypto. We found it at the Baltimore Comic Con. Um, I don't know. What do you want? Oh, <laughs> we went in, and it was a great dealer. He knew Mark Wade. He was real good friends with Mark Wade. He doesn't sell online, doesn't even email people. He was an wow, older really? gentleman, and wow. all he had was, like, 60s Superman-type stuff. Oh, wow. And it was the second day, and we had blown all of our money. And he wanted 175 hey. for it. And, and I told him that I had... A hundred and we left and came back and said, "Look, we've only got one hundred and thirty dollars left. If you sell this, it's for Caleb. Not he really wants it. We're going to leave the show because we're broke." And he said, "That's less than I wanted to take, but you know what? It's great to see it going to somebody who's younger and is going to like it." He sold it to him for that price. Nice. That's unbelievable. Great stories from John and Caleb. The whole family actually getting involved. Thank you so much for talking to us. And this is a great addition to our collectibles episode. Thanks, Down and nerdy. Thank you a lot. Okay, so maybe I lied and said that we're going to be a little bit, you know, not so touchy with the Enya music, but, you know, it just had to be done, James. It's just, you know, it, it sets the proper mood is what it does, unfortunately. And the proper mood is sadness and reflection, but just like <sighs> an Irish funeral, we will not be in sadness, we will be That's right. in happiness and Celebration time. And celebration. It's time to take that trip down memory lane, boys and girls, because... I don't care who you are, you have that one thing, at least one thing, 
that you had when you were young, you're like, damn it, why didn't I keep that? Or why did I let my mom sell that at the yard sale? Yeah. For, for me, like 50 cents. Yeah, for me, um, and I can actually go, actually, let me start off with uh, my uncle, actually. My uncle, you know, collected sports stuff. I have a bunch of sports stuff. Oh, I, I do too, yeah. Um, and he had a signed Babe Ruth baseball. Oh, my god! My grandmother threw it out because she thought oh. it was junk. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. That hurt. That would be like having original sketches of Fantastic Four from Stan Lee. That, no, that would be... And Chucky. That would be like having Action Comics number one and your mom saying, well, it's a book and he doesn't read anymore. It's for kids and we'll throw oh, it out. My god. So she threw that out. For me... The one thing I wish I still had, actually, the many things I wish I still had, was my Megazords. I had all. Yeah, I remember you saying you had a ton of. I had a chest full of all the Megazords. I would spend my days in the summer in my front yard with these three forms of Megazords, and it would always be pretty much the same ones. It would have the Ninja Megazord. I would have the Shogun Megazord. I would have the. the uh, uh, White Tiger Megazord, mm-hmm. and I would have the um, Turbo Megazord, and I would have them pretend like, oh, it's all bell, just the individual Zords, and then I would be like, okay, time to put them all together. And that was the fun part. Yes, it was definitely. like a, it was like a giant version of Legos, and you just put them together, and I'm like punching them, and it's just it was so fun. And my mom was like, we don't have room. You're getting older. That's the thing that gets me too, and we'll get into that towards the end. The whole you're getting older thing. Actually, you gotta sell them. I had, dude, I had Lord Zed that ship, that dragon ship Mm -hmm. he was flying. I had that. That's crazy. I had every single Zord except for the first original Megazord. I'm gonna tell you, and I'm gonna start. I wasn't gonna start here, but given how bad the Transformers movie was, I'm gonna start here. Yeah. I had the original Optimus Prime. Oh God. I'll complete with the with the cargo trailer and oh, everything. Dude. Not only that, I had the original Galvatron that actually transformed into the gun. Oh, I had every Dinobot, all of them. Wow! And they were in pristine condition. I had remember Cody was talking about Shockwave. Yeah, yeah. I had Shockwave. Not only that, but the little cassette that also transformed. No way! I had that as well. I had. Not every Transformer, but enough of them that it pains me to think that I actually, because I was getting older, ended up having to get rid of them. And and to me, it's not even so much Optimus Prime. It's the to me, it's the Dinobots. Yeah. When I was younger, I was all up into dinosaurs, as I'm sure you were. At some oh God, point yeah. When you were younger. Dude, I, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a paleontologist. I, I wanted to be a marine biologist. Kid, actually, when, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a paleontologist when I was a little kid. I was so into dinosaurs when I was little. I had my mom go to the bank because the local bank we had had what was called for kids. It was a Dino Savers account. Yes, excellent. And you got excellent. a free dinosaur figure. I got a brontosaurus with mine when I opened mine up. That's excellent. And I just, not looking back and not having those pains me because, first of all, I know what they're worth now. Yeah. But second <laughs> of all, I just... You know, it's you know I've got the nerd cave now. I would love to proudly it's, display 
the the Dinobots in there and just yeah now granted the Optimus Prime because you know I played with this stuff yeah the Optimus Prime definitely was a little worse for wear yeah he got a lot of, he had a lot of transforming that he had done to him so they, <laughs> yes. you gotta understand that but another thing that I had and uh, one of our interviews that I'm sure you've you've, you've oh, heard I, I listened to all of them Grant Ellis yes was talking about his He-Man collection oh yes not only did I have literally every he-Man figure. All, She-Ra included. I had all of them. I had Castle Grayskull. Nice. I mean, you open it up, mm-hmm. and it, you know, the epic, you know, the mouth opened up and everything like that. And just to think that I had all that. I, when I was younger, I was, He-Man was one of my top that I always loved when I was little. I just the the cartoon, right. the figures, the figures were fantastic too because they weren't these tiny. A lot of like the GI Joe figures, which I loved, yeah. But they were tiny. They were a little frail, a little elastic yeah, yeah. in the waist. Always broke. If you had the old Hasbro GI Joes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Eventually, they would break. I mean, the He Man figures were built like tanks. Yeah. When the and now the swords not so much. Yeah. But you know you could get the swords a dime a dozen. I so. have okay. I'm going to run off. This is not even a list. This is just on top of my head. Toys that I had that I wish I still had today. Power Rangers, okay? I had the figures where they had the heads. Where you my push cousin the, had where those. Where you push the yeah. button and the heads would flip and they yeah, had the helmet. my cousin had those. I had Trini. I had Jason. And I had Billy. Mortal Kombat. I had Sub-Zero action figure. And I had a Kano action figure. Oh, dude. I had... Uh, did I have Sub-Zero? I had Scorpion. I had Scorpion. That's um, what I had. Power Rangers. Still going back on Power Rangers. I had okay. In the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, they had all those weapons, the bow and the axe. Right, right. Well, when I, when we were when I was a little kid, they sold them in a box set where you can get all those weapons. I had all the Power Ranger weapons. You can make them into that giant gun wow. that they make. I had that. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of that I had. That's a little bit. Not necessarily before your time, but you'd have been too young for this. Was Voltron? I had Voltron. I the had metal, the metal Voltron. I had every piece to that to make the giant question, Voltron. Question. All of them. Question. Now, I had the Voltron. It was that's the thing. Now, the the, the, the Power Rangers, Megazords were all plastic. Voltron was all metal. Mm-hmm. So, did you ever lose any of the head, the fists? The heads I did not. Shot? I did not lose any of them. I was always very careful with my stuff, too. I always kept it in really good condition. If you ever bought anything from a yard sale that my family had, first of all, screw you. Second of all, you would have gotten a toy that was in pretty darn good condition. Speaking of that, this reminds me of um, being at a yard sale. My mom loved having garage sales and was getting rid of stuff and everything like that. And I remember it was the one where I had to sell my Megazords. And I was about 10, 11 years old at the time. This I was okay, Nicholas. Sell them for this amount of money, but don't go below this amount. Right, that was always the kicker too. Okay, and you, and you probably got to keep the money you got for I did. selling them. I See, did. and that was the other thing that made you okay with getting rid of them and, at the time. And so I had this guy who was in his late thirties, early forties, go to me and say, "Oh, look at my Megazords because he had kids. How much for this one?" And I said, "Now I'm eleven. I said this much money." He tried to haggle me. He's the fucker tried to haggle an 11-year-old. 
He's uh, like, well, what about this? He's like, what about this much money? Not only that, he tried to haggle an eleven-year-old with one arm. Yeah, you How fucking dare bastard! You? Oh, that's just terrible. Like, like seriously, that's, that's crazy. You know, that's just like, like, like what? Like, I can understand that a garage sale. Okay, you, an adult wants to say, okay, what about this? I'll pay this. What? No, this guy's. I'm ten years old, and he's like. I want, he's shaking you down. I said terms. I want like I want like twenty bucks. I think for a Megazord thing. That's what my parents paid for. Right. Or, 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 you want to get at least my parents. To what you paid my for. parents they were sold. I think for like thirty or forty bucks. And my my parents were like this. Okay, at least get half. Yeah. And don't. I said don't go below like fifteen. And it's based on condition too. And they're in like great condition. Yeah, I kept. So. I kept. You know, they were in a trunk. I kept. I took care of. Them. I didn't. I because the thing is, I didn't throw them all in there. You weren't throwing them across the no, room. Either, I, so. I had them all set up in like each of their megazords. That's what I would do. Yeah. And set them up in rows. Yeah, that's what I would do. And you know, when I took them out of the box, I would deconstruct them and stuff. They're all in perfect condition. And he tries shaking. I'm, fuck that guy. That's hilarious. That that would actually happen. Uh, that never happened to me. I could say that. But some, I'll go through the list of some of the stuff I had. And I'm going to end it on the big one. I had uh, a lot. Of GI Joe figures, a lot, both you know, every version of Cobra Commander. I had, I had uh, Flint and uh, Duke, all of the, all of those figures. I had um, actually GoBots. Does anybody remember GoBots? I remember GoBots. It was like the bastard version of, of Transformers. Transformers, but I still loved it. I had all the mask figures from the Mask show that was always that, that was always pretty cool. But the one big one that gets me, I had a lot of Marvel figures as well from the eighties. The one that gets me. Yeah. I'm the DC worshiper, right? Yeah. All those superpowers figures that I had. Dark side, oh my God. Superman, Batman, and I've told the story about the capes flying off and we were driving down the street. They had the capes that you clip on the back, but the the big one was. You remember the Hall of Justice? Yeah. I had oh no. the Hall of of justice. It opens up the table that they all sat at that folded down. I had that and all the figures you know, I'd get like Aquaman and Green Lantern and Flash and Superman and Batman Robin. They're all sitting there and they, you know, let's let's plan our let's plan our action against Dark Side. Or don't lie, you had a giant tea party with them. I did. You I did. Was, more tea, Robin. It was really it was really quite excellent. It was it was very sophisticated. You sat there with your bonnet. It was just unbelievable that I got rid of some of those things. I know. Now, here's the here's the you could pick one thing. Okay. That you can get back tomorrow. What would it be? Pick one thing that I can get back tomorrow. What would it be? Of the things that you don't have, what's the one thing you would get back if you could, but you can't get back anything else? You got to pick one thing. Can I have you go first cuz I can't I, I there's just so much. I mean, it's it's definitely hard. To, well, you could do like a group. Like okay, I, a group. I know. What I, okay, no, I know. What as I would a do. group, like if you could get your Megazords. I back. can do. I can do this. Can I do this? Because one's actually like a figure and one's not a figure. Can okay, I do that? Now let's do that. Okay, so for figure wise, I would like to have back um, my Shogun Megazord. Okay. All right. Um, because it was literally, I think it was my favorite one because it was just so big. Um, and it was just it, of all the Megazords, it was kind of like the Thanos of the Megazords oh, in a definitely. sense. Yeah. Um, so I had to go with the Shogun Megazord as a toy. Now, as something that kind of was a toy, but it's not really. I had the original Creepy Crawlers set. Excellent. They, where you can make the the, the Creepy Crawlers, and I also had the one where you can make the gummy. 
creepy crawlers too. So That's you can pretty eat cool. Them. Yeah. Nice, nice. So I would go creepy crawlers, um, and the Shogun Megazord. Okay, so for non figures, uh, and my wife knows this because I talk about it probably more than I should. If I could get one thing back, it would be my original Batmobile from the 80s that I had, where it had the flip-up headlights. Oh, my God! I can't believe I forgot. I had that, too. Yeah. I take back that, the Shogun Megazord. I want that. All right. I had that. I'm glad that I was able to bring you back to that because that and would be... And the wheels came out. And yes. You little, oh, my God. Yes. I had that. That would be the one thing, non-figure-wise, that I would want back because I, I weep not having that. I actually get depressed thinking that I had that and I let it go. As far as figures go, ah, uh, see, it's I tough. I have a bunch of street sharks, too. It's tough because I had so much good stuff. But if I had to get one back, I think it would have to be the Grimlock Dinobot because that was the coolest one. I don't care who you are. Right. That was the coolest one. And it was just the way it transformed... And it just look it looked the best too out of all of them. And they were very cool, but that one just looked the best. And it's, it pains me to have to pick one, but if I had to pick one to okay, get back, so I'm here's a question: it. What sets up a collectible versus not a collectible? Uh, I think, and a lot of collectors will scream when I say this out loud. I don't think you have to have it in the box for it to be a collectible. I think that being mint on card, it's obviously worth I think more. I think if you want to sell it, if you it needs sell to be in the, right. mint, Absolutely. In the box. Absolutely. There's no packaging. And maybe eventually you, you do end up selling it for whatever reason. But but, I think what makes it a collectible is, first of all, anything that's considered limited edition, Yeah. to me, is a collectible. If it's numbered, it's a collectible. Like, I, I bought the Dark Knight Rises special edition from Amazon, and it was numbered through 5,000. So there was only 5,000 made. Yep. That's a collectible to me. Now, some of the like some of the statues that they have, like I ha- I got uh, my hands on the Artifacts uh, Batman statue. That, yeah. And they've got a lot of great statues out, by the way. But I've got the Batman one. To me, that's a collectible because it's a statue. The arms and legs don't move. It's not a traditional figure. It comes with a base. It's a statue to I, me. For me... Collectibles are okay. Going away from figures, collectibles are my Pokemon card collection that I have. I have all 150 po- original Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. I don't collect them anymore, um, but I have all 150 original Pokemon cards. And there's a market for that, I'm sure. And for people who are thinking of breaking my apartment and stealing them, they're not in my apartment. They're up in New York. <laughs> they're in a locked safe. They are. Somewhere. No, I swear to God, they actually are in a locked... Guarded 24 hours a I day. swear to God, they actually are locked up in um, a place up in New York. Well, so that is what I was going to kind of transition to. I was going to say, what is what are some of the things you do still have? So you've still got the Pokemon cards. I still have the Pokemon cards. Um, I still have some of my old comics that I have. And Pokemon cards, too, when it comes to collectibles, because it's not collectibles for me... Um, the very most important ones, of course, you know, you got your Charizard, your three top three rares, your Blastoise, your Charizard, your Venusaur. I forgot what four was, I know five was Zapdos. But on certain cards I had was called First Edition, which, and I have a, the Pokemon book, which printed in the early 2000s of how much the cards are worth. Okay. And it had, first edition was, of course, worth more than mm-hmm. you had your regular standard and whatever. Just like any comics, anytime there's a reprint. Yeah, I have a first less. edition Charizard card. Oof. I have a first edition Charizard. Nice. Um, nice. 
And of all those things I still have, like I said, a lot of my childhood is sadly gone. Um, but I, uh, like I said, I still have my Pokemon cards. Um, and there's certain things I've, I've gotten back from my childhood. Like, for example, dinosaurs. I had a couple tapes, VHS tapes of dinosaurs, for the Disney show. I now, you know, I don't have those anymore. And I now have all the seasons on DVD. We do as well. We do as well. We've got those at home too. So I'm, that's one of those things. That, that's why uh, the Batman thing. I'm so glad that's coming out on DVD and Blu-ray now. I, I got to say that for the complaining that I've done about the stuff that I don't have, I've been pretty lucky that I was able to hang on to some really great stuff. My Star Wars figures. Right. Never got rid of them. I still have all my Star Wars, original Star Wars figures, not the remakes that they did, the original Star Wars figures in my Darth Vader collectible box. Now, you remember they came out with a few. I think it was Darth Vader, C-3PO, and R2-D2 that they had the carrying cases in. Right. Carrying cases in a little bit of rough shape, not going to lie, but it still snaps. It still it's closes. the Vader helmet, right? Yep, and it's the Vader helmet, and I've still got all that. I also still have, and I've posted this on Facebook.com slash Nerdy. I have all of my original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles figures with yeah. all the weapons and everything. I still have those too. Now, I've still got, like you said, I've got some like sporting memorabilia, my cards yeah. and stuff. I still have those. I collected wrestling figures. A lot of those I have that are still in the box. Yeah, my bedroom is literally like sleeping in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, mean, I still have those. I, I, I had some NASCAR collectibles that I collected over the years that I still have. I've sold off some of those, though. Yep. Um, but I'm getting back into the collecting now, especially now that I'm older. The statues is what fascinates me more than yeah, anything else. My dad, um, my dad, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, he's a biker, and he loves Harley-Davidson in and out. So he collects Harley-Davidson T-shirts. He collects... Figures. He collects calendars. He collects... The man is a Harley Davidson fiend. So like the die casts that they have. He, he'd be all he over He would be that. all over that. All right. Um, he... You know, he's a big guy. He, he works on... He works... used to work on, class, he, on classic cars. He... My dad is awesome. My dad used to be a mechanic on a semi-pro drag team. Nice. Um, and he's built engines from scratch. So, I mean, like, he, the man is smart when it comes to, like, building and, rep, and redoing cars. Like, he rebuilt my cousin's, like, 60-something Malibu. Like, it, wow. he rebuilt it. Like, it's amazing. This, him and his cousin did. Um, it's amazing. So, like, there we, we'll be going somewhere, and he'll see, like, a, I remember I bought him one year. It was a glass um, 1957, I think, Chevy Corvette model, but it was all glass. Excellent. I bought that for him, and he loves it. If you go to my parents' house in the kitchen, they have this cabinet. My mom has all her collectibles, and my dad has some of his stuff. And he has, still has that. I think he's on his dresser, but he, he has that. Excellent. But, yeah, so, I mean, we all collect stuff. Like, my mom, mom, she collects dolls. Not, like, little dolls. Like, she actual tall I know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, that was that's very typical of a woman. She of has, her generation. and yeah. they used to scare the shit out of me as a child. Uh, yeah, my aunt had some. I actually think she still does. That uh, and she had. Let's talk about an old farmhouse in New Hampshire. Yeah, and she had them in various rooms. And we went up there to. We went up there for one of my cousin's uh, weddings, and my wife and I were staying in one of the rooms. And there was a big doll, human-sized doll. Yeah, sitting in a chair. Same thing facing my mom. the bed and I'm like 
My and, and and my wife said this is creeping me out. And I'm like, it, it's very creepy. And the big eyes looking yep, at you the, kind of thing. My mom had one in the chair, and she also had one. It was in like a glass case, but it looked like a freaking casket. And and then I had this friend of mine, um, who I'm no longer friends with anymore. Um, he was a big horror fan. Like he loves horror. So he had all the Chucky dolls. He had all the puppet masters, you know, figures. Yeah. His whole wall was just lined with figures. Wow. Um, you know, in cases and boxes. He would, they had, you know, Spencer's would sell these giant, like six foot, I remember. whatever. Yeah. Freddy Krueger's, where they were talking yep, about buying I remember. Every year he'd be like, okay, he would get one, but then he would sell it. He would be like, okay, they have a new one coming out. Like, okay, I have this one Freddy, but this new Freddy's coming out, so I'm going to sell the old Freddy and go with the new Freddy. Um, and he, yeah, he was collecting and sell, collecting and sell, collecting and sell. His library of horror movies is astounding. Um, literally, he has like every horror movie you can imagine on DVD. When they even when they re-release them, he'll go out and buy them. He, some of them he won't even open. That's Die Hard right there, man. Dude, he loves horror stuff so much. Hard. And it's like I remember one one uh, time he eventually had the Puppet Master figures. Mm-hmm. He got new ones. He's like, oh, I want to get rebuy them and put them in, keep them in the case. He goes, Nick. He's like, I'm not. I don't want these anymore. He's like, Do you want them? I said, Sure. So I go back to my house, and mind you, this is when I was still in high school. And <laughs> I take them out of the bag. See where this I is put going. them on top of my TV stand, which I still have in my living room here in my apartment, in Virginia now. And all lined up: Jester, Blade, mm-hmm. you know, everybody. Um, middle of the night, waking up, freaks the fuck out of me. Not fun, is it? No, not very fun at all. Next day, I put him back in the bag, get him back to my friends. Like, dude, I, go, I can't do this. But it's like, what? Is it why? It's just figures. I'm like, yeah, from a fucking movie about toy puppets that come to life and, and kill, kill people. people. Yeah, that's a really good thing to have on the. Um, dark one movie. night, he, like I say, he collects all these figures. Like he had like this life size Chucky and everything else. He has this life size Glenn doll, which is you know um, the son of Chucky. Right. He had it in his room, and I, again, I was spending the night at his house and. I had the misfortune of having to sleep in his room. <laughs> so, mind you, he has all these horror stuff around Didn't him. Didn't make it to the bathroom on that night, um, did you? No, because <laughs> imagine now, you know, there's times, I think a lot, you know, a lot of people do it where you're sleeping, you'll wake up for a few seconds. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And go back to sleep or whatever. I did that. The whole room was dark. And where the window sits, it's, you know, it, it had, you go get a shot from the moon. Moonlight hits Glenn's face. All you see is Glenn's face. You know he put it there. I fucking almost screamed. Because imagine waking up like, okay, middle night, about three in the morning. Oh my fucking God. Yeah. That that would not be fun at all. That would that would be very I couldn't I couldn't even stay there. I'd be like, screw this, I'm leaving. Because I couldn't handle that. But no, I mean collections like I said, they don't have to be action figures. They don't have to be comic books. No, my wife actually has started collecting the Hallmark Christmas ornaments. Yeah. they do a lot of series. My sister, my, my mom and my sister do. Matter of fact, they're doing the ornament preview weekend this weekend, and she got the book. She's all excited. She's These are the ones I want. So we'll be up there on Saturday morning when it starts, I'm sure, at like whenever the hell they open, 8 o'clock in the morning, whatever. We'll be right there grabbing ornaments, elbowing old ladies, getting them out of the way so we can make sure we get the right ornaments and stuff. She's just really into that. And she's, you know, and I even think, you know, collecting, going to like your family history. Technically, 
that's collecting. You collect stuff from, you know, your family's past and stuff like that. You've got, you know, like, old family, I don't want to say relics because that's not really the right word. But no. You know what I mean. I mean. Uh, family heirlooms, that's what I'm yeah. looking for, heirlooms. Even that can be considered a collectible. Like, my wife has a, a extremely old smoking pipe that her great-grandfather had. Yeah. That's pretty epic if you think about it. My dad has this marble table from my grandmother. It's, it's. I mean, it was in my apartment. I don't have it anymore because um, I got a new kind of cool-looking black. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. Inside, the top opens up on the inside, and I actually have a, a wine kit on the inside nice. of it. Nice. Um, I set it up like that. Um, but no, she has an old marble table, and it's like hardcore marble, and it's expensive. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's pretty awesome how that works out. And, but, I mean, collect what you want to collect, yeah. too. My and mom loves antiques. My mom will go collect yeah, all the antiques. There's several you know? different things that you can collect. Of course, for us, we're going to lean more towards the figures and the statues. Yeah. And comics are obviously collectibles. You bag them and board them for a reason. Uh, but I just think it, it's fun, and I can't wait to start collecting stuff for my son. Actually, one of the reasons that I got the two figures and went to the Mega Nerd Garage sales because I want to start. Now, I know he's an infant. He's not going to be able to play with them right away, but I want to start a collection for my son so when he gets old enough, I could start saying, here, you know, I sa- I've saved yeah. this for you. And, you know, he could start his own collection. That's, and that's like, one of the things I'm, I'm looking forward to most as a father. That's the thing. Like, I have my comics. So that I'm going to get to my kids whenever I have kids. Um, and Nicole, who we know from Action Pack, I was talking to her and, the other night, and I'm not going to say what she has, but she has some awesome figures and stuff like that. She has a bunch of stuff. I need to talk to her and find out what she has, because I'm starting my statue collection, and I need to know what other, you know, where yeah. I should go next with it. So, But she has a bunch of stuff, and some of the stuff she told me, I was like, oh my god, like, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And that's how much of the stuff. It's just, but it's, it's really awesome, so I mean, it's great. And I'll just throw this out there before we wrap this up, in that you don't necessarily have to go to eBay. No. Some of the stuff, like, I know Bob over at Fantasy Escape, the selection of statues yep. and figures he has. Bob already knows I've got my eye on that Nightwing. Bob, save it for me. It's coming, buddy. I'm telling <laughs> you. It's, it's and coming. And speaking of, of Bob, and speaking of toys, October 18th, Taiwan Comic Con. We're going to be there. We're going to be next to Bob. Bob's going to have all of his figures. Definitely. We talked to him. He's like, he's not. He's going to have a few selection of comics, but he's going to mostly focus on his figures. And other great guests, like you heard our interview with Nancy Collins on the show this week. She's actually going to be at Borderless Comics this Saturday signing copies of New Vampirella comic. Yep. I'm sure you already have that in your polls. You can go to Chesapeake, Virginia to Borderless this Saturday. If you're listening to the show on Friday, we're talking about July the 12th. And actually meet Nancy Collins. She's great. Get a chance to talk to her and get her to sign your Vampirella comic. Yep, and I mean, you know, uh, as per usual, hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash downnerdy. Email us questions or comments or whatever. We want to see your collectibles. Not too late. Yep. Send them to us. Email us photos, uh, downnerdypodcast at gmail.com. And that's downnerdypodcast at gmail.com. A-N-D. Make sure you spell it out. Hit us up on Twitter uh, at Down Nerdy 757 I'm at Nick Battaglia25, James. I'm at James Ace Witham. And we hope you enjoyed this week's version of Down Nerdy. Next week's episode 20. So we gotta make it kind of a big deal. Oh, I've got something in store. Do you? I got something up my sleeve, yeah. Alright, we'll talk more about that after I hit stop on this recording. <laughs> um, but uh, no, again, thank you, fans, from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you very much for supporting. Thank you, us, for these past. 
uh, five months. Um, we're excited to see where we go from the future. And, you know, it's just, it, again, thank you. Thank you to everybody at the garage sale who stopped and took the time out to be Definitely. interviewed. Definitely, appreciate that. Um, to make this episode so great. And with that being said, always remember to practice safe comic book reading. Always bag and board your comics. For James Witham, I'm Nick Battaglia. We'll see you next week for episode 20 of Down and Nerdy, which is going to be very epic. It's the Mega Nerd Garage Sale for Tidewater Comic Con. It's Down and Nerdy with James Witham and Cody Green. Woo-hoo! He's not an angry fat guy today, though, which no. is great because he's he's like the jolly fat guy. So I don't usually wake up early on Saturdays, but this was worth it. This was absolutely <laughs> worth it, and we're talking to... Phoenix Creations. So first of all, we're going to get it out of the way. Give us the website. Give us the social media stuff. Okay, our website is um, phoenixcreations.us instead of .com. And uh, that will take you right to our Facebook page, and it's connected to our Etsy page as well. Awesome. So now, for those of us who actually aren't able to visually see what's going on here today because we're doing a podcast, what is it that you do? Tell us about all the stuff that you actually create with Phoenix Creations. We create um, acrylic on canvas art. Uh, different characters, pretty much fan art, characters, um, comic, villains, what happened? Sports, yeah, we could do anything. Um, and we also decoupage and paint on letters, so we can do a kid's full name or the uh, character, like we have an Aquaman today, um, an A with an Aquaman on him, and an H with a Hello Kitty. Um, that's basically what we do. I've seen a lot of that lately because we're doing a superhero theme in our nursery for my son that I've got on the way. And we see a lot of the lettering stuff that people do. So where did you get the idea to start actually doing that? Because I've seen that on, on online a lot, probably a lot of your stuff. Right. Well, we first saw uh, everyone was doing the full coverage letters. And as you could see, which you can't see while you're on the podcast, but you could see while you're we'll here. Take pictures of it. I can <laughs> okay. see it. We'll have the pictures. We try to keep a little more white space and... Um, we just wanted to do something, put another twist onto it. So that's how we started seeing things on Pinterest, and we just wanted to put our own spin on what's already out there and make it a little bit different. So you say you get a lot of custom orders for stuff that people ask for. Obviously, you know, different names, different letters, stuff like that. So what kind of materials do you typically use to do the letters when you get a custom order like that? How do you find the stuff that you need? Uh, Basically, we will look online and get ideas off uh, that, or we can use comic books. Um, pictures, you can use uh, calendars, anything that uh, has a com- character on it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. You, you, answered, you answered what I was asking you. So here's the thing. What happens when you get one of those weird, long, long names? You do, obviously, obviously that's, you know, that's a great seller because it makes more money for you guys. But what's like, if you can, if you can actually tell me, I don't want to, you know, you know, privacy and all that stuff. What's the longest name you've Christian. ever had to do? We did Christian, and we did a Monsters, Inc. theme. So each letter had a different character on it, and that's not... We had nine letters? Nine oh, wow. letters in the name. That's cool. You'd have a lot to choose from with Monsters, oh, yeah. Inc., too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's good stuff. Yeah, it was really cool. So just to round things out one more time, give us the Facebook, give us the give us the website one more time so people can go get this stuff, not just today, but all the time. Okay. Phoenix Creations, P-H-O-E-N-I-X-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S dot U-S. And that'll take you to our Facebook page, which is also connected to our Etsy page. That's awesome. Phoenix Creations, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to us today. We're having fun at the Mega Nerd Garage Sale. It's our collectibles episode. Why not collect a bunch of letters? We're going to get James a tattoo. I got it. Yeah, we're going to get it. I just said no pink flowers. That's all. That's all I ask. Yes. All right, I'll do the flash. I can do the flash. Thank you so much. Down and Nerdy. All righty, it's James and Cody here representing Down and Nerdy at the Mega Nerd Garage Sale. And we're talking to Blair and Matt. And it's Superhero Shades, correct? 
Super lampshade. Oh, super lampshade. Get See, right. got to get it right. So, because you <laughs> got because where are you because where are you at on Twitter? What's your Twitter handle? Twitter is super lampshades. Uh, Facebook is super awesome lampshades right. because for some reason someone's already taken super lampshades. How is super lampshades taken? I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's really weird. So, so what got you started actually doing this? Well, maybe a few years ago. Yeah. When when Matt first moved in with me, we had nothing in the house that represented the nerdiness. Even though I am an epic That's nerd, a shame, and it actually. was, and we had this light, this lamp that was just ugly, but it was expensive. We couldn't really get rid of it. And then I was like, you know what? Let me try this. I've been doing decoupage and collages and all this kind of stuff for fun. my entire life. As a kid, my mother used to get so mad at me. So it would rip up all of her magazines and do stuff. And it just created this. We created this one. It's, it's on our flyer. It's on our website. It's the original baby. And then our friends started saying, oh, my God, I want one of these. So we've been making them for our friends, and they've been great nursery gifts. That's exactly what I'm going to do, actually. We've got the superhero nursery theme going. I said we need to get one of the night lights or lamps yeah. or something like that. And um, so just this last time, my husband Matt was like, you need to sell these. And it's one of those things, like, you make something and you're like, I don't know if anybody else is going to like this because I like it. It's I've been there. And I did a lot of fear, and so I hit up a people. You know, I talked to Mike Federale, and he's like, "No, this is great." I talked to a bunch of people on the IGN podcast Facebook page, like, "Hey, give me some feedback." And I was like, "You know what? Why not? Let's do it." We bought a bunch of lamps. We do almost 100%, with the exception of the night lights, because those we have to buy. But everything else is 100% upcycled. Awesome. Lamps and shades come from thrift stores, estate sales, garage sales. So you got to do the same thing that people are doing today. You go to the garage sales, you pick something up, and instead of getting something awesome right off the bat, you're refurbishing it and, and making it, it awesome. Yeah, because why Why have something go to a landfill just because you don't really like the color of it or there's something that's wrong with it or it's got a stain on it? The lampshade is stained. Guess what? Superman's going on top of it anyway. <laughs> that's right, exactly. So Who cares? Bring it. And we, um, even if they're a little cracked, we, we paint them, we, we fix them, and we give them new life. And most of our images come from preview guides. Borderless Comics and Western Branch hooked us up with a ton of preview guides. Yeah, they've had they've actually donated a bunch of free yeah. comics for today too. And actually, yeah. one of our lamps is all actually in, on display in there. And I talked to Santana the other day, and apparently people keep trying to buy it from them. But, <laughs> but, no, this is ours. You cannot have see now. You know so. you've got an outlet. Too. When, when, and when I found that, was, when I found that out, I was like. Okay, there, there's demand for this. Yeah, and, when, and when Tywar Comic Con got started, I was like, all right, let's do this. So now, you both said you're huge nerds, so growing up, I'm sure you had a ton of stuff. So, he did, I did. Matt, I know that there's probably some collectibles and stuff that yeah. you had. What was that crown jewel in your collection that you had that you wish you still had? Um, I actually, probably a lot of my old Super Nintendo games. I mean, Turtles in Time, you got all the Contra games. I used to love having oh, all yeah, those. nice. And nice. I actually got a Retron recently, so I'm going back and finding all those. But oh, like, sweet. but now it's just like, oh, they're so expensive, it's so hard to get. I'm glad I kept mine. There, there, I still there, have there, mine. There is a place, actually, um, I know of in, in Portsmouth. Oh, we go old school? Old school. Old school, old school. Video, old school. Game video game heaven. Yeah. But yeah. your action figures, we have a shadow box yeah. in the house that, few feet tall, and his brother made a form, and he just busted out Tupperware boxes at his parents' house and filled it with all of his old action yeah, figures. Yeah, a lot of the Batman wow. animated Everything series figures. Wow, nice. Yeah, I got some Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, all that. So we're on the hunt, actually. They actually have a table here full of figures, so I think I'm going to be looking at that later. That's one of the reasons that we're here. Not just interviewing people for Down and Nerdy. I've got I've got a son on the way. He's got three boys. Yeah. So we're yeah, both I've definitely looking. We're definitely <laughs> looking. So super awesome lampshades on, on Facebook. Facebook. And super lampshades. 
uh, superlampshades at gmail.com. If you've got an interest in something custom, hit us up. We'll give you a price. We can do pretty much anything you want. We just had an order for a video game. Nice. A uh, themed one. And my brother-in-law wants a Boston sports one. So we're working on Why that. Why not? Why well, not? I can give you a lot of reasons why not. Well, I'm a, you know, I'm a Red Sox <laughs> fan. Come on. Come on. If from New England? Come on. Boston Irish Catholic right here, baby. There you go. <laughs> so we want to thank you guys for talking to so us. And we're going to post a picture right now for our Facebook yeah, page. Let everybody know what's going on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.